Good e Ooh. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the GPAC meeting, the first one of the year. We all made it back. First, first job accomplished. Well, welcome everybody. Um, that is Zayer, Acting Community Development Director. Glad that you're all with us this evening, both GPAC members and members of the public. Um, I um, am aware that there are no public comment forms out there. I will go grab some in a moment. So if you are a member of the public and would like to speak, uh, we'll place some cards out there shortly and feel free to sign one um, and hand it to Lily or myself and we'll get you um, at the end of the meeting. Um, well, thank you, GPAC members. I hope you had a great holiday um, and a uh, good break in December. We're going to get back right into it in discussing land use. Uh, before we get into the presentation this evening, just want to hand it over to Doug to say a few words before we get started. Thank you, Netta. It's great to see everybody here. Happy New Year. I'm hoping we're going to end up with a fantastic New Year. We're, we deserve it after the last three. So, so it's great to see everybody. And I wanted to mention that um, I've, I've been chosen as chair of the GPAC as we move forward for the next year, year and a half. And uh, council member Bill McReynolds would be vice chair. There he is right next to me. <laughs> we just came out of one meeting and came straight here. And I wanted to also uh, thank um, uh, past council member Laurie Brown for uh, staying on as a responsibility, being part of GPAC, and for your past leadership. So thank you for that, and thanks for being here and continuing that continuity. So with that, I'm not sure if there's anything else I need to say, so that's good. Let's continue. All right. Thank you, Doug. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Matt Ramey, nice to see you all. Happy New Year. This is so exciting. We have almost everybody here at this GPAC meeting, and it's been a little while since we've had everyone, so um, I'm, I'm excited we're all here, we're all um, energized and ready to roll. Um, just a quick comment as we get started of just general GPAC um, meeting protocols. We've been through this, I'm not gonna repeat it, but um, it's we're here for discussion and for interaction and to respect one another and one another's opinions. Um, we've been through the list of, of GPAC members. Um, a few folks are not here, um, and but uh, one, uh, Nick, is coming in a little bit. Um, so we have pretty much everybody here uh, this evening. Um, and Scott is not going to be here this evening. He is the only person who will not be here this evening. I want to go through what our agenda is today. So all of you um, hopefully received the agenda um, in the mail or for the public looked at it um, online. Um, we are going to do a few things today. We do have a pretty full agenda and we want to make sure we have some pretty clear deadlines and, and outcomes that we need to reach today. So the first is we want to confirm the direction that the GPAC came up with from the November meeting. Um, the second is to review and discuss um, the land use alternatives survey. It says land use alternatives here. It's really the land use alternatives survey. And this is based on the request from the GPAC in November that um, our team gives some, the general plan team gives some pretty, some high level takeaways. Um, not the answers, but um, just some takeaways to get the GPAC subgroups moving on and you all probably for those who weren't here in November read the process that we're going to be going forward in the next few months. So what we want to do tonight is we want to identify the subgroups, confirm what those subgroups are and 
make sure the subgroups have very clear direction about what they're doing over the next few months. And then have a very quick, probably five or 10 minute meeting for you all in your subgroups to get yourself organized. Um, and then we will have public comment at the end. So we have a lot that we, that we do need to cover and, um, and some of it about how we form the subgroups and who's in each subgroup. Um, there's a, gonna be a little bit of, um, of uh, sausage making, as they say, where it's just gonna take us rolling up our sleeves and working together to really figure, figure that out. So let me start with um, what the process is that was developed um, at the last GPAC meeting um, and that the group came up with. So uh, for context, um, there was a feeling that the, from the GPAC that um, some more time needed to be spent on um, thinking about the land use alternatives and some more time spent engaging with the community on some of these topics, particularly some of the, the, the subgroups of the population who had not necessarily been involved in taking the survey or who had been involved in the process so far. Um, so what we did at the last meeting is come up with this process that you see here, and that's what we are implementing here um, this evening and discussing today. So it really starts with today. Um, the, first, the first instruction that, that they gave at the last meeting was no meeting in December, and so we effectively did that. Um, then it was to come back today and review the survey conclusions, again with our team coming up with um, some of our observations from the survey. Um, to finalize the outcomes, timing, and process for the subgroup work, to form the subgroups, and then to begin to develop the engagement approach about what you all are doing for, in your subgroups for engagement. February and March would really be the time for the subgroups to go out and work um, in the community to do engagement, um, as well as to work together to come up with proposed land uses for each of the geographies that the subgroup is focusing on. Um, March, there would be an interim check-in and then a discussion at the GPAC meeting, a preliminary discussion about land use recommendations. Um, April is for the group to meet multiple times, for the GPAC to meet multiple times, for the subgroups to present their results and their recommendations, um, and then for the GPAC to come up with one um, with a preferred land use for each area or alternatives for each area that would then go to the Planning Commission and City Council um, beginning in May. So that was the process that we, um, that we came up with. Um, are there any questions? Some of you were not here at the last meeting, and I don't want to kind of take us off track, but are there any questions about the process um, that anyone had um, that, that wasn't here? Um, I hopefully this reflects what we talked about the last time. Um, and we'll get into details of how the groups are going to work and, and all of that later on. It's not specific to the process as much as um, with the resubmittal of the housing element, how does that impact this conversation? So the housing element was adopted by City Council in January of last year, so it's been almost exactly a year since its adoption. Uh, since that time, uh, what the city's been working on is getting that certified through, through HCD, which is the Housing Community Development Department of the state. And so uh, the housing element was submitted to them. They provided us comments. We addressed the comments and turn it back to them for re-review. And we'll go through that process until it's certified. And so um, that may be in line with this, it may not, not, but it's gonna be running on its own course for certification. So I guess my question is where those things are not in alignment. So let's say a land use 
so where it's not in alignment. So um, if there is any comments that result in drastic changes to the housing element, which I don't foresee there being, um, then we can uh, re-review that with the land use alternatives. So there's a process. If, if you come up with something you know, totally different, then we'll have to relook at the housing element and what that means for that. Okay? Yes? Is this still on? Thank you so much. I was also here last uh, month. And I'm, based on what you just said, I remember that we delivered some recommendations. And then in the reading, I heard a lot of like, we, we should. And I was like, oh, I remember saying we could. I remember saying there's a lot of possibilities. It felt like it was more like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks versus what we're deciding. And then I was hoping to find out more because as I started reading some of the stuff that was expected of us, um, I, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous of actually fulfilling all of the things that are, are coming our way. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit more because I didn't think that we decided anything last month. I thought that we proposed things and then you guys were going to come back to us with the plan. And I just wanted to make sure that I knew exactly what I was getting into before I said that that was exactly how it all went. Yeah, OK. Well, I think some of the details we're going to talk about later. So if there's, I think if there's anything that you all feel needs to be revisited with that, with the details that we're presenting, we can, we can talk about that, including um, you know, content and what you're producing and, and all of that, um, except to know that we, you know, we do have what, what I think we did decide was that we were going to have in April was really that time to have a preferred that discussion and really work through in a series of meetings in April um, what the preferred land use was. So I think there's steps about how to get there, um, and we can definitely modify those steps. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll go through we'll go through those details, um, but at the high level, this was was the conversation. Um, okay, so now let's let's go into um, the survey um, results and and what you all asked for, which was team insights. Um, this was not we did not do a kind of a thorough analysis of everything. It was more kind of high level look at the results, see what we're seeing in it, because part of what this group's charge is is to look at the survey results and look at all of the other engagement as you're going out and thinking about what should happen in these areas. So. Um, to remind everyone, um, we had the land use alternative survey. There were 11 separate surveys. Um, each survey had demographic questions, questions about land use um, in specific geographic areas, and then a question about the preferred alternative for the alternatives that were presented. Um, there were, in total, about 70 questions in all of those surveys about land use direction, so there was a lot. Um, we didn't expect everybody to take every survey, which is why we did it by geography. Um, 40 of the questions allowed for additional comments um, or other ideas, and the majority of this document that you all received is a lot of those, um, a lot of those written comments. Um, and essentially, there are almost 3,000 individual comments re um, received. So there was a lot of information, um, as you all know, in there. Um, you all asked us at the last meeting to um, do a comparison um, of demographics, of who took the survey compared to who was in the city, and then break that down by geographic areas. Um, you all have at your, um, at your seats 
a document which I don't have in front of me here, um, but that has the demographics as best as we could compare them um, between the survey and then the, the, the demographics of that geographic area. So we have it citywide and then we have it by, by sub area. And what this does is this really gives a sense of, um, of where, it's, where the community is underrepresented or overrepresented in the survey itself. Um, it's a guide, it's, you know, look at it as, again, as a sort of a direction rather than the answer. Um, but what I want to do now is just go through with the citywide survey um, some of the comparison between the city demographics and who took the citywide downtown survey. Um, so starting with, with race ethnicity, um, what really stands out here um, is that in the citywide survey, the Hispanic Latino population is very much underrepresented um, with who took the survey. Um, it's a trend that we've seen overall throughout all of the engagement, which is um, Hispanic Latino population being underrepresented um, in the engagement. Um, and then the white Caucasian is slightly overrepresented as a percentage. Um, and again, this is a trend that, that we've seen overall in the city and, and we see in, in lots of communities. Um, for housing tenure, um, homeowners um, were overrepresented compared to um, who took this, um, overrepresented the survey compared to who's in the city, 76% to 54%. Um, rent, renters were underrepresented by about half. 22% uh, took the survey, 45, 46% are renters in the city. And again, this is something we've seen throughout the process. It's also something we again see in lots of our the general plan update processes that we do. Um, this one looks at um, residence, residency by neighborhood. So again, for the citywide survey, we asked what neighborhood people were in, and then we, we compared that to the demographic information that we had from our existing conditions work on different sub-areas. Um, and what stands out um, here is the areas that are underrepresented and the areas that are overrepresented in the survey. So the areas that are overrepresented in the survey um, are Midtown, um, West Side, downtown, and to a lesser extent, Pierpont. Um, the areas that are underrepresented were really the, um, the east side, the Johnson Corridor, pretty significantly. Um, and then, um, and that, that was pretty much the, the two main areas that were underrepresented with this. Billy, where's the other? What did you define for that? Okay, so part of this is like looking at, because the, the areas of discussion that we had are different than the geographic sub-areas, so it didn't quite match up perfectly. So again, get us, um, give me one second, Bill, and then we can, we'll do some questions about this. Um, and then for, for age, again, the census data um, didn't line up exactly with the questions that we had in, in our survey in a one-to-one. -one. We, we don't really like the way census kind of defines it. Um, but what we see here is that the, um, the, the, the older population in the city, particularly the 60 or 65, depending on the data source, and older is very much overrepresented, and the younger population is very much underrepresented. Again, we've seen this throughout. We've seen this through lots of other surveys um, that we've done. The past surveys we've done here are also through other engagement. Um, okay. Um, just quick questions about this before we go on. Bill, you had a question? Yes. So, what, what is the, the raw? I, I don't have to know. I mean, the raw numbers are in the are actually in front of you there for citywide, I believe. Well, no. I, I mean, in terms of how many people actually from the east side of that 
citywide survey, how many people actually filled that out? I don't have that number. Okay, that's what I'm curious, because I get what you're saying that's underrepresented, but I'm just curious if... What percentage of total population filled out the survey? In, who, on, people who are on the east side, what percentage filled out the survey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have the exact number, but yes. Okay. Aaron. Does the participation in the survey um, correspond to the demographic data that we are looking at? Um, what do you What do you mean by that? Uh, I guess I don't know. It, is the east side more heavily Hispanic than um, like downtown, or I, I don't know. I don't know if that's like playing into it. And then also um, when we looked at you know homeowners versus renters. Um, but then the children, like the under 18, they wouldn't be considered homeowners, would they? Uh, under 18 are not, con or I don't think are considered right? homeowners. Okay, okay. Well, very well, of few course they didn't really respond, but yeah, um, exactly. I was just curious about that. Yeah, so again, what we wanted to hear, so you have some more data um, in, your, in, in your handouts here. Um, sorry, actually, can I grab this a second? Thanks. Um, so, you know, you have some more data here, and this is just something for you all to, to dive into. Uh, again, I think w the survey is a piece of data, and I think what we want to do is understand who, um, in, and I, the information is in the, the report, but, you know, what's the demographic of who took the survey for that geographic area? Um, and so we're trying to understand, I mean, you just want to look at that at a high level as you start your engagement work. What is the total number of people that took the survey? Because I can extrapolate everything else once I have that number. So each each survey, I don't I don't have a slide of that, but each survey had a different number of people who took it. These numbers that you see on the screen here are just for the citywide survey which was just over 1,000 people. Not, not the, not all of, this is not the total, all of the surveys that were taken. This is just the citywide survey. And because I didn't want to spend the time going through this in, in the detail, so more specific information is provided in the survey report as well as in the, um, as in the information we handed out. Okay. And, but that's only for the citywide survey itself, not for the sub-area surveys. Okay. All right. Ready? So again, this is just background information of, you know, who took the survey, who's underrepresented, who's overrepresented. Okay. Now, um, so the survey, again, I want to sort of reiterate the purpose of the land use alternative survey. The purpose of the survey is not and was not, it was not a scientific survey. As you all know, it was an opt-in survey, and it was not to give the answer to the question of what land use should be in the city. It was to provide information to help the GPAC, the Planning Commission, and the City Council make recommendations on what those land uses should be. So there are some areas where you're going to look at it and you might say, this is exactly as I thought it would be, and there are other areas which you might say, you know what, we need to dig deeper in this. 
and or this is a pretty clear direction in this other area we just don't know and it's you know 50 50 about what to do so we as the gpac are going to want to make a recommendation about how to do that so just to really set the context for this that it wasn't it was not intended to be you you read the survey and this tells you exactly what to do um, and so let me, with that, let me start um, with some of these the sort of common themes and observations that we had about the survey overall. So when we stepped way back, um, both in terms of looking at the results, um, talking to community members throughout the process, so these are some of, our, of the observations. And remember, we talked to you know, hundreds of people about this as well. So the first is, um, and you, you, some of you all expressed this at the last meeting, some of the, the community did, was there was some frustration with the survey and the level of detail that it was complicated and with seeing the alternatives. So we acknowledge that and you have to take that into consideration when you're looking at the results. However, um, what was pretty clear to me when looking through the survey results is that the respondents very clearly understood the specific land use questions. When we said, do you want X or Y in this area for a land use? There, it was very clear that people understood what that question was and they understood exactly what they were answering. Respondents had a much harder time, um, understandably so, when we asked about what their preferred land use alternative you know, A, B, or C, because there's so much more that goes into that. It's more complicated. You had to look in multiple places. Um, and then when someone responds a certain way, you don't know exactly why they're responding. Are they saying they liked option A because of one reason or another? We don't know that. And so when we look at the results, we look at both of them, but we, when we're, when, and I'll, we'll go through this in a minute, we definitely weigh our results more heavily on the specific questions that were answered. And again, the alternatives, sometimes they, the, when we asked the alternatives, sometimes they were right on line with the specific questions and sometimes they seem to conflict. And so when they conflict, I think we have to sort of put that, put, maybe put that aside a little bit, put those, that question aside and look at the specifics. And then there may be other questions because we couldn't answer that from the, the preferred alternative because we couldn't get that specific. We have to ask some more questions and think some more about what should happen, okay? Um, the third um, is that the survey had a very large number of participants who had not participated in the process before this. And I, I had the, um, I don't remember what that exact number is, it's like 75% had not participated in the process. So A, it is great that so many new people participated, it's wonderful. B, it's disappointing that people who hadn't participated, who were participating, didn't participate in the survey. And see, it explains some of the frustration if people jump in at this stage in the process and get right into detailed land use. So again, it's to explain this, um, so we understand some of the frustration. Um, the fourth is that across the surveys and the results and the comments, there really was a desire for Ventura to stay unique, special, and livable. That was very clear. Um, what was less clear was how to achieve that. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, this group has talked about that, is how do you achieve that when you have different ideas about what that means? Um, and that's part of what this group and the, and the Planning Commission and the Council have to decide. Um, there was definitely a desire for the community to have more affordable housing, and housing that is affordable. So, however, um, and, and definitely a concern about market rate housing and how much that cost and who was buying that. So that came through in the survey. It's very difficult, of course, for a plan to sort of say, you can live here and you can't. Um, but again, it came through in the survey results that this was absolutely a concern. 
Um, in, there were a lot of written comments, and there were some themes that we saw with those written comments. And we did, I don't know about you all, but we, between Lily and I, we, we read every single one of those comments, and there are some, some of them multiple times. Um, so one is that the written comments express concerns about the impact of development. So there were, there were lots of concerns about water, about overdevelopment, about building heights, so there were traffic congestion. There were a lot of concerns expressed in that. The second is that um, a lot of the comments that were written comments um, were, and, and this isn't necessarily the right word, were, were sort of negative about the alternatives or negative about growth. They didn't want it to happen. They didn't like the alternatives. They want things to stay the same. Um, and they wanted minimal or no change. And again, this is something that we see a lot in surveys, which is the folks who don't like what's going on or don't like what they see are more likely to write something than those who are okay with what they see. Um, it, it just is sort of a pattern that we see, not being good or bad, it's, it's just sort of a pattern that we see. Um, and then there were lots of ideas in the written comments about adding density and height throughout the city. So there were places where people said, you know, six stories everywhere, or five stories everywhere, or make it three stories. There were a lot of those comments. There were more who expressed they want minimal change or re reduction in the written comments. Um, so that was, again, in, in observation. Um, what I didn't put in here is there were also a lot of ideas that were related to policies, not necessarily to land use, that we have gone through and we've started looking at. Like, we need better design standards. We want more trees. We need to address transit. So a lot of these things came through in the written comments that will be really helpful for all of us overall. Um, the seventh is that the results really mirrored the previous engagement. Um, so they didn't necessarily provide more clarity in some places, but what I noticed was um, I don't know if I was completely surprised by anything in the survey with the results, and I'm really curious about what you all see. So where there, were more, there was more of a sort of a clear direction, um, and we'll get into this later, like should there be development in the SOAR, is a response I would have, the, the sort of the extent is about a response I would have expected. Um, so, you know, there were there, the results really did mirror what we've heard in our two plus years of working and talking with the community. So in a sense for us it reaffirmed where it felt to me like there was clarity and where it felt to me like there were still conversations that were needed or, or kind of mixed opinions in the community. Um, and then finally, and this is really the challenge that we saw through the results, is that many people are really willing to accept new development in the city. Not everyone, but many are willing to accept new development as long as it's affordable, lower scale, pays for itself, and causes minimal impacts. And again, this is part of the challenge, right? And, and I, I, I know some of you are smiling about this, but, but it, you know, it's true. This is like the challenge. People want, um, want to have the benefit of development without the impacts of development. And, and getting that is really difficult. So that, that came through overall um, in the survey results. And again, with, with conversations with, with folks. Um, so I'm going to spend the next little bit of time going through each of the sub-areas, and then we can have a conversation about the survey, your observations, the results. Um, this absolutely is just touching the surface. Um, and again, this was our observations in looking through it. And you all may have different perspectives and may think that we, we, you have a different view on what the results say. So it'll be interesting to see what you all, and that's why I want you all to look at it as well. So with the downtown, what we saw is that there was a desire to implement the vision um, of the downtown plan and implement the downtown plan and have the downtown be the heart of the city. Um, there essentially were um, 
overall, it seemed like the, the respondents really were wanting to maintain the current zoning throughout the downtown and the downtown specific plan, except for two areas that we asked about where we have in question 19 and question 20. So this is the western side of the downtown and the beachfront area. Now, there wasn't really clear direction on this, but it was more split on do you want to keep it the same or do you want to allow some change in zoning? And so, um, so there again, this was more, this is what we got from the feedback. But again, for the majority, it was really, um, you know, keep, really maintain the downtown where it, maintain the zoning in the downtown now. Um, there were concerns about overdevelopment, a lack of affordable housing, impacts to views, historic character, traffic congestion, um, and others. Um, and then with this one, I felt like there were, there were actually pretty conflicting, was pretty conflicting feedback on the preferred alternative question, um, partially because people who said core, they're like, yeah, downtown makes sense to grow, you know, but they didn't want it to be a change in zoning for that to happen. So I felt like the results on the, the preferred alternative question weren't as clear as the very specific area results um, here. So again, that's sort of the direction, um, again, very strongly leaning towards for the, really the, almost all of the downtown for maintaining the city, um, maintaining the zoning and maintaining as the heart of the city. For um, Arundel and North Bank, um, overall, the survey results really showed that there's a desire to maintain a very strong retail and employment focus here, a desire to maintain the McGrath property um, as agriculture. Um, to um, uh, There was mixed feedback on um, office and R&D development, where there seemed to be a desire to have office and R&D development in this area, but it wasn't clear on how much and where it should be, and then what the scale of that development of the R&D should be. So there were, there were, again, different ideas. So I think, you know, a question for me that I have in looking at this is, well, we'd want to figure out kind of what that means, what are the differences, and if the city really wants office R&D as a use, um, how do we make a concerted effort to get to that? And is this the right area to do that? Um, for the east side, um, there was a very strong desire to keep the agricultural parcels, which you see here in question two, which are in the city, but currently um, agricultural uses, to keep them as agriculture. But there were also concerns about pesticide use, particularly on those parcels. Um, there was a desire for the shopping centers, which you sort of see in the, in the purple, those shopping centers, to be uh, to change to the neighborhood center land use designation. Right now, essentially, it, it was commercial, which also allowed mixed use at six stories. And there was a desire to actually maintain the retail and allow some residential to be added at three to four stories. So that came across pretty clearly. Um, with this area, this 30-acre parcel um, at SR26 and Wells, where you see question three, this is currently in the county and identified for development. It's not in the SOAR area. Um, but there was mixed feedback on whether this should be a mixed-use parcel, residential, or whether it should be, remain as agriculture. Um, also, overall, one of the interesting things was this question of where should, feed, where should development go in the city? And some of the comments were spread it throughout, some were targeted to the east side, some were targeted to downtown. Um, and so that actually came through here in the survey where there were comments that, that development should be, um, it was mixed feedback on whether development should be limited on the east side or whether development should be targeted to the east side. Again, like I said, some of the survey results uh, give us questions that need to be answered rather than the answers themselves. 
So for the five point specific view mall area, there was really strong support for creating a healthcare district around Ventura's two hospitals, but um, unclear about whether there should be housing allowed in that area or whether it should just be um, commercial, and this is what you see question two. Um, there was strong support for redeveloping the mall area as a mixed use center for creating a specific plan, but mixed opinions on what the scale of that development should be and what should be included, although um, having parks a big park portion of park did actually come up quite a bit, and we talked about that as a group, and we came up, and I think that would be part of it. Um, there seemed to be support for um, this area being an area where development occurs, um, but again, it's not clear on what the, the land use mix or the intensity of that should be in this area. So to me, that's one of the questions that still needs to be asked and discussed um, moving forward. The specific, um, because we didn't ask specific questions about some of the areas that you see um, in purple, um, we didn't get specific feedback, and so that's something that I think um, is, you know, to me warrants kind of some more further thought and conversation overall. Um, for the Johnson Corridor, there was very strong support for a vision that includes a diverse mix of residential, commercial, and industrial uses to make this area a real gateway to the city, um, to leverage the Metrolink station, lots of comments about the need to create a specific plan and a really focused planning process for this area. Um, there was strong support for adding residential in this area, um, but there was really no direction overall on how that should look. Um, and again, we this group talked about that area as well, and there were a lot of different ideas, and so it really mirrored, in a sense, what, what this group talked about in the spring when you all did this. Um, and so I think thinking about what the best approach with this is, even when there's, with the idea of creating a specific plan um, in the future, which would actually really dive into detail um, and think about like master planning this area, um, you know, that's a, that's a thought that, again, that came up multiple times in the process. For the Midtown Corridors, there was support for the vision of a, a mixed-use, pedestrian-scaled and um, walkable, uh, walkable corridors. Uh, on Thompson and Maine. Um, there was a desire to maintain the current zoning in the Midtown Corridor's development code. Um, there were lots of comments about um, both through the survey as well as through the engagement that we did about the need for better design standards such as increased um, setbacks and landscaping and setbacks to adjacent residential uses. And really, more than a lot of other areas, the need for improved pedestrian and bicycle um, and transit facilities um, along these corridors. Um, for Pierpont, there was strong support for a vision that maintains a vibrant neighborhood center as an attractive, with attractive coastal-oriented services, um, a desire to keep um, Seaward as, as, one to, as um, two stories, um, a, um, a strong preference for maintaining the SOAR area as SOAR and not, as, um, not think about that as, a develop, as an area for potential development. Um, there was, for this area for question two, there was really split opinion on whether to maintain the existing non-residential uses or to allow some residential um, in this area. Um, and there were concerns about sea level rise, evacuation, traffic, and safety here. Um, for the SOAR, there was strong opposition to development of the SOAR areas. This was really the clearest direction of anywhere in the survey, um, and about 25 to 30% of people supported considering some amount of development, and the rest were vehemently opposed. 
Um, you know, again, not, not a surprise, but for us having, there were enough people who, who said, let's consider this, that we wanted to have it in there, and I think this probably gives a pretty clear answer. Um, if development were to occur, and again, this is the big if, that the top preferences were parks and open space, agriculture for a lot of it, and then affordable housing. So again, um, but the result, at least to me, seems pretty clear more than anywhere else of the direction of leaving SOAR as SOAR for now. Um, Ventura College and the Telegraph Corridor, um, there was strong support for a vision that creates retail and commercial nodes, you see in question two here, and multifamily housing. Um, but there was um, not as much um, direction on what that, that mix of uses should be, how, what the scale of development should be um, compared to what's allowed now. So I think that's something that probably warrants some further focus and conversation, whether to leave it as is for current land use or whether there's a possibility for changing the land use to allow some more housing in this area um, or other uses. And then there was strong direction to down, the, down zone the Victoria Plaza Shopping Center, which is the area where you see Q3, um, to neighborhood center. Again, that's, that's one of those areas that um, is commercial in the current zoning, but the commercial allows mixed use and six stories. And so this idea was to bring it down to maintain it as a retail center, but allow some housing as a secondary support use. For the Victoria Corridor, um, there was actually mixed support for the current vision in the specific plan and the general plan of having the corridor be really a strong kind of office and commercial corridor. Um, so there's really mixed support for that. Um, for the area with question two, there was some split feedback or mixed feedback on whether to just sort of leave that area as office or whether to allow some residential um, in there. And you know, we all know the government center is there and the county can do what they want to do. Um, but there are some parcels around there as well that it was, um, it was unclear whether it should just stay as the that was mixed on whether it should stay as, as office or whether some amount of mixed use or residential should be allowed, allowed there. Um, there was a slight preference um, in question three for um, allowing some residential at the Gateway Shopping Center um, with different ideas for whether it all should be mixed use or whether it should be a neighborhood center designation. There was a, a pretty good number, not a majority, that said that it should actually stay as just a commercial shopping center. Um, and there was um, mixed feedback on the Grove specific plan area, which has been going for a very long time, on whether that should actually just move forward as what's in the current plan, whether it actually should be single family or whether it should be upzoned to have more residential. So again, mixed comments on this um, answer as well. Um, for the west side. Um, the west side, uh, actually this was one of the surveys that had the most number of responses. Um, and there was strong direction overall to maintain um, the existing building scales, to limit the amount of development, to preserve jobs, and prohibit new polluting uses. Um, there was strong support to reduce the maximum building heights along Ventura Avenue and Olive Avenue um, to three stories. Um, Ventura, it was, it was pretty clear of three-story mixed use as the direction. For all of it was less clear about whether it should be mixed use or whether it should be just commercial or whether it should be just residential. Um, there was no clear consensus on this area in question two um, for a, the land use um, direction for a town center and this idea for a town center um, came from the, uh, from the west side vision plan um, and 
about whether it should be mixed use, whether what the scale should be, whether it should just be a shopping center. There were lots of ideas that it should be, you know, have a Trader Joe's in the area, have, you know, have a retail center here with no mixed use. Um, and then there was, um, there was not um, much direction um, on what should happen also at the Ventura Unified School District site. Um, some of the responses said make this an incubator space for jobs, some said allow some residential, some said have a, have a shopping center in this area. There was definitely concern throughout on, um, on Stanley about the traffic congestion actually throughout the whole area and what, that would, what the impacts would be. But this area definitely there was more concern than any other area about the scale of development and the amount of development and certainly seems to be a, a candidate overall for reducing the scale um, of development from what is currently allowed. So um, some of the conclusions overall throughout all of the surveys, I, I tried to break it down. This is super simplistic, um, but bear with me here for a second. So um, I tried to divide this into um, reduce density and reduce the, the allowed maximum density to sort of maintain what, what the current regulations allow now and then to be determined, which is... Um, I think things that the group might want to dig into. So the first is for reduce west side, the east side shopping centers, um, Victoria Plaza. Like those really came across as those seem to be pretty clear direction. For maintain all of the sore areas, all of the current agricultural parcels, maintain those as they are. Most of the downtown is maintained, the midtown corridors are maintained, and I really felt like most of Pierpont was maintained. Um, again, there are a couple questions, but the majority of the area was really to maintain what the current, um, current zoning allows. To be determined, um, Johnson, parts of downtown, Pacific View Mall, the Government Center area, um, Arundel North Bank, um, particularly related to the mix of um, office R&D, the scale of office R&D and whether housing should be allowed, um, the area on either side of, of Ventura Community College, the Gateway Shopping Center, and then the hospital area about whether, um, whether residential should be allowed in that area. Um, okay. So. That was very quick. Again, this is, you know, there's so much information in here, and this was sort of the squint. Um, and so what, um, what I'd like us to do now is, um, is spend a few minutes and have a discussion about the survey itself. Um, we want to acknowledge, we know it's not a perfect survey, we know it doesn't give all the answers, but it gives a lot of information. And so I think some of the questions that I have are, you know, where does there seem to be consensus um, in the survey? Where do you feel like there's some consensus on the direction? Um, and then particularly, are there areas that you think don't necessarily need to be included in this next phase where you all are out working? Um, and doing more engagement and thinking about land use. Um, and then are there topics or questions that you had when you were, when you were looking at this? So, um, you know, again, I want you all to share your ideas um, with this. If you can try and keep comments quick so we can go around um, and make sure that everyone who wants to speak get a chance to speak and I'll limit, I'll limit answers as well. Okay, who wants, to, um, who wants to start with observations? Are you surprised about anything? Okay, um, Ned is in charge. I actually have a question on the last slide that you just showed. This one? Yeah. <laughs> um, when you say changes in density, that's always 
residential density, right? Like not necessarily from the context of employment or like daytime intensity and density, because that would be more applicable to places like Arendelle and like, like some of those, like we want to increase or reduce or maintain, but not necessarily always from the perspective of residential density, question mark? You know, I actually got the sense with the reduce with the west side that, um, I, that it was because there are so many impacts on the west side that it, it also applied to um, the, it was either maintain what's there or reduce the, the, the scale of development there. So, you know, even, even right now the industrial allows six stories so more like changes it. in development than it is density. This is change in land use. Change in land use density. Land use designation. Land use designation. Okay. Correct. So thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, and, and this is part of the challenge, and I think this, there was a confusion in the survey at times where people were looking at it compared to what was there now compared to what's allowed. And so that was a, that was, that's tough for people who aren't planners. Okay. Um, Nick and then Pete, or Pete and then Nick. You get to choose, Netta. Um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this comment that was in the, uh, the summary of the meeting 17. Um, it just says the, G the GPAC needs to hear from the public whether they trust the GPAC to move forward with this process. And if there is mistrust, I think it comes from, you know, I was very happy to hear you know, your excellent summary, uh, uh, Matt, uh, of the survey and the, and the comments, because I, I think it was right on. And yet, when I look at the, uh, the, the uh, proposed land use alternatives, the core, the uh, distributed, and the expansion, they don't seem to jive with me at all to the survey re results that you described, particularly SOAR. Uh, it's been, <laughs> it should be abundantly clear that SOAR passed twice, uh, was extended overwhelmingly. People in Ventura want SOAR. So why is that, why is it in, uh, why is it even stuck in here in the expansion, uh, considers development of uh, city controlled SOAR areas and distributed, allows for development of SOAR. If there's mistrust, it's because that's in there and everybody knows we don't want it. Um, so, uh, and, and I think you, uh, the same could be said largely for, uh, Building heights, especially in Midtown, uh, people in Midtown are very concerned about mid, uh, building heights. Yet one of the the, the uh, I think the distributed uh, alternative calls for uh, uh, adding one story to the building heights in Midtown, um, and then on industrial developments, when I look at at the expansion alternative, where did where did anybody suggest putting? Uh, heavy industrial on the pumpkin patch, and you know, I don't think that's—I don't think that came from the community. So I think, when I—I I think the uh, results of the survey, as you summarize them, show that the people uh, of Ventura have a pretty good sense of direction where we want to go. I don't think it's—it's it's reflected particularly well in the in in the alternatives. And I think looking at this, people may think, "Oh, I get to pick between one and three, and I don't like any of them." Um, so maybe we need to rework those those alternatives. Thank, thanks for those comments. Um, so part of what we do in the alternatives is to test different ideas, right? So part of what we do is to eliminate things, and you know while the um, it, it was pretty clear, like for the sore 
there were 30 plus, 25, 30 plus percent of people who said, yeah, build in these areas. So we heard enough of that throughout the process that we felt like it was important to put it in the survey. Otherwise, we were ignoring a segment of the population who said that this should be explored. And without doing the survey, we were not 100% sure. Even with the survey, we're not 100% sure. So I, I understand the comment, but I also feel like for us in the process, we wanted to make sure that we cast the net wide with the alternatives. Same thing for Midtown. Yes, I heard the same thing. You know, there, there are people who really want to keep that. There are also people who said, that's an area, it's a transit corridor, we should increase the heights there. So we wanted to test that out in the survey. And so that, that's what we did, and I understand that, that asking the question um, can upset people, um, but you know, the result is probably where you all may have expected it to be. But we needed that information at this point in the survey. Um, and then in terms of the alternatives, so we may get to other alternatives. Um, I don't think it's, it's citywide as we were doing before. It's probably very specific for different areas to, to bring some alternatives forward. So we expect that's probably going to happen in the process where there's still a decision. So the, so the core of the expansion is to do alternatives. I don't think we're going to rework them as alternatives. I think there's clear direction on some areas. And what we're going to say is we have clear direction on area A. And area B, we, th we think there's a proposed, this group's going to come up with a proposed direction that's going to balance all the areas. And area C, there may be a couple of different options that you want to um, take forward and present either um, to the public or have some more conversations with the public or put forward to the planning commission and council and let them decide. But I don't think we're not going to come up with full citywide alternatives again and send those out um, because it's, it's too nuanced and it, we're, we're being very specific about areas at this point. Because I think there is some pretty clear direction. Okay. Pete and then Doug. Um, question 19 on the citywide downtown. You just said that there was, it was leaning to increase heights. That's the west side of the downtown. Um, but sitting here looking at the survey results, it's showing 37% stay as is and then 23% um, other describe and then when you go to the comments they're they're heavily leave as is so I'm just wondering how you you came up with your conclusion I, I came up with conclusion there and I said it was it was it was open I didn't say it was it was one way or the other when the other the other alternatives have some change in land use um, and so when you add those three up it actually creates a pretty significant a pretty significant number, and so um, that was why I, I didn't say it was. I said that compared to the other areas of the downtown, it was pretty clear about the direction. That area, it does it did seem like there was some more acceptance, but it, it's something that needs to be explored further. Okay, yeah, because the other most of the other areas of the downtown weren't. You didn't ask. You asked for two other areas. So I'm just I, I maybe I misunderstood when you presented it. Because I understood that you said it was um, very much so um, in favor of increasing the heights. That I did not say that. I said it was it was mixed. We'll have to go to the tape on whether okay. to do it. Yeah, it's mixed. So uh, to clarify, it's mixed. Like there were about there was half or a little more who said, you know, keep the zoning the way it is, keep the specific plan the way it is. There were some who said down zone as part of that keep it the way it is, and then there were a bunch, a good percentage, you know, 45% or something that said they would, with their answers, there was an acceptance of some amount of height for some or all of the area. So when I look at that, 
compared to the other areas where it was like 65% in one direction, um, it really felt like that one was a little bit more mixed. Okay, but you anticipate us like delving into that and, and looking at it further, correct? Yeah, I, th I'm, I anticipate that the group would delve into that and make a recommendation with all of these areas. So, I mean, that's, this is what, what we did with the survey and what these results was, these are our observations. You all can get in and look at them. If you see something different, you talk to the community and you think it's different, then that's what the group should come back and, you know, the subgroup should come back and present that to the larger group. So, I don't think you should take anything that we said and in the survey, you can actually take that and you could say, you know what, these results compared to who you're talking to and other folks and when you're out in the community and talking to, you know, lots of people, you feel like it doesn't jibe with the, with the survey, then, then make another recommendation. That's okay. That's what part of the role of this group is. Um, again, this is a data point to use. It's not the answer, and that's what I mean by that. Okay, just trying to clarify. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, I just got to say, first off, is that I see conflicts, and I see challenges, and I see that a lot of the questions um, seem somewhat superficial in that I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot more in-depth knowledge that needs to be shared and discussed. I think things like um, looking at the answers from people who live in these given geographical areas and compare that to the citywide input. For instance, a lot of people who live in downtown like the safe, urban environment in the historic ambience of downtown. So when asked the question about height, would I be willing to see something like the Ventura Inn or the First National Bank building or something more like what we've seen go up recently? There's a big difference between my answers <laughs> on those. Um, when I look at affordability, um, we're fine accepting newer development as long as it's affordable. That is a conflict because typically, typically the affordable housing is the older homes and having significantly minimized the amount of housing that's been built for the last 30 or 40 years. Um, we have less older homes to relinquish to the next generation as entry level or affordable homes because when you're building new, you're building by today's standards, today's codes, today's dollars and you're not going to get a whole lot of affordability unless somebody's willing to build to lose money or if we invest in it or if we have inclusionary policies. Uh, there's ways to kind of balance that, but for, for the most part, expecting the new developments to be the affordable housing, I think is a little, um, we're going to be disappointed. Okay. And then another thing is uh, if we look at things like areas that have um, proposed for higher density. If we look at the benefits uh, that that density might create to achieve a mitigation measure uh, against those things that we don't want to see, like increased traffic or um, uh, loss of sunshine because it's taller buildings, uh, if we minimize those negative impacts and have things like with economies of scale, we might actually have transportation that works for all of us in the city, you know? Uh, so if we actually have nodes where we could actually have transportation that we can all figure out how to use, we might be more willing to take that. Um, 
if we have standards that reflect the historic ambiance of a neighborhood, again, I mentioned that briefly, but I think that that would make a big difference on a lot of our answers on density and height. If it, if it complemented the historic ambience that we've all come to love about our neighborhoods. And I look at things like uh, the simple fixes, like Stanley, Stanley um, Avenue traffic. Uh, having my business right there two blocks away, I know all too well that the traffic on that area is caused by the stop sign of getting on and off that freeway. The simple thing is working with Caltrans to let that traffic flow onto that freeway and stop the southbound traffic from exiting at that, at that exit. That's a very inexpensive fix, but it's a political fix that takes negotiation with another entity. Along with that, uh, although it's a fantastic asset in our, in our community, Data School, De Anza, uh, at in the mornings and the afternoons does create a lot of traffic because a lot of students are being driven in by their parents to pick up and to deliver. So, but that's the necessary evil that, at least in this, this day and age, uh, to have such a great asset in our community. Um, those are just a few thoughts I have. I just feel, I feel like there's another layer of discussion that needs to happen, a layer of um, benefit versus cost and about cause and effect. And I think that everything I just mentioned just lightly touches upon that next layer but I think that next layer is really important for us to consider in making the right decisions for our community. And uh, I think in Nick's response on SOAR, while a lot of us obviously support SOAR and want to protect our agriculture and protect the boundaries around our city, I think when you have agricultural areas inside our infrastructure, it was a worthy question to ask to see if there's something better that can happen to complete the footprint of our urban, of the urban environment, or is it better left as SOAR, as agricultural property inside our city boundaries? Because with that comes a negative aspect of pesticides and fertilizers and, and dust and uh, other things like that, along with the benefits of uh, fragrant blooms and uh, producing vet, uh, fruits and vegetables for our community. Um, so there's pros and cons to that. So it's looking at how to best solve tomorrow's problems. And finally, I want to mention that uh, there was one chart you had up that kind of told the whole picture, and that's a significant imbalance in, in the age of the responders, people responding to the survey. And I would love to see what the generation that is quickly moving away from here, what would keep them here? Or what would allow them to come back to here? Because without that younger generation, uh, we're not a sustainable city. And so that's my comments. Thanks, thanks Doug. Um, let's see, Daniel, question, comment? Just a point of clarification. When we say west downtown, is that west of the avenue? Um, let me go back to the image of the downtown. Um, it's really in, in this area that you see here in question 19. Um, we asked a series of questions about this area and then smaller portions of this area. So there was a series of questions about different potential land use changes here. Um, as well as in question 18 and question 20. The rest of the downtown um, was all maintain existing zoning. 
it, so it was really only those areas. Everything else was sort of maintain existing I, zone I, I can't from a specific read it from here. What's the I don't know if it's even there. What's the east and westbound streets bordering it? <coughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Go to discussion questions. Discussion questions? Sure. You're going to jump into them? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, it's like hard to say where the most consensus on the survey is without the raw data. Like, so from your, your looking at it, it sounds like from you that there's the most consensus for SOAR, but like, since it is one of the few areas of discussion, it doesn't seem like to your second question that any of the areas of discussion should be excluded from the upcoming engagement. And that like, in the context of even what, um, Doug was saying before, like, I think source specifically, it's like we should discuss it in the hypothetical, maybe, of what it is now, and then under the context of if it were to be under vote from the whole city, what would then happen to it? And maybe it could be in a column A, column B type thing, but it should still have in upcoming engagement, which I am excited that those are happening for because there's clearly a lot of gaps in who filled out the survey, specifically in the southeast of Montalvo, and like filling those in and renters, like there's definitely more work that needs to happen in terms of um, going through the land use um, changes for each specific area of discussion. Um, but it would be inter it would I'm curious if we're allowed to see the raw results of the survey. We have all of the responses that everyone gave. Whoa, you got a book. I didn't get a book. Oh, dang, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I get my book? <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. You can have your very own book. It's all online, too. Look at too. me. Yeah, no, it's all, we, you all have this and can Whoa. look at it, it's all online, like this might was be, our, you can, you can read the 3,000 comments, Nick read the 3,000 comments, wow. I'm sure some of you did Nick too. Nick read the 3,000 comments, okay, never mind, He, can, he can tell you comment number 127 and what that said. Okay. Okay, so yes, you have them and you can see and you can, and um, we'll, we can give, we have PowerPoints that we can also give, um, we can send out where we actually took just the just the data and put up for the answers and put those in for the, the content questions so we can give you that to make it a little easier to look at also. I have extra copies if you do want a hard copy and weren't at the last meeting and, and anyone else too. Okay. Phil. Thanks. So yeah, I think it was an excellent uh, presentation to go through the summary and also the, the summary that we got in the email about some of the questions that came up in your responses. One of the things that intrigued me when said if we want to say we want to downzone some area and make it less dense, then we need to compensate for it someplace else where it's going to go up. So um, I don't see a lot of discussion about let's upzone this area and I'm just wondering how that sort of one of those challenges, controversies, conflicts, uh, conundrums, whatever. Um, I mean, how do we coordinate that process? Because I saw a down zone in like the east side. So yeah. just that so kind of bigger yeah, issue. 
So if you could hold off on that for the next section of our discussion this evening, because that's part of the instructions Got it. for what we're going to do. But you know what, what you all are, are, are highlighting, I just want to say this, like, this is not easy. Like, this is such complex information with so many things that are interrelated and so many different opinions. And, you know, you see that through the survey. I mean, even where there is much more consensus, and I'll just say this with the SOAR, there was much more consensus, there's still differences of opinion about it. And so, you know, you see that, and that's some of what has to get worked through, and then how these things interrelate to one another, it, it makes it very challenging, and it also makes it so that there's sort of inertia to sort of maintain what you have now and not make any changes. Um, and again, I'm not saying that in a negative way, I'm just saying like that's sort of the, the um, that's sort of human nature to do that because it is so complex. But you're, you're really highlighting some of the challenges of doing this kind of work. And, and my guess is when you start talking to more people, you're gonna get more of that. Thank you. Um, so I guess I'm curious as we look at the next phase of this with the subgroups, um, are we gonna get clear direction on who we should be reaching out to in terms of like for each of those specific care, uh, categories, you know, the neighborhood councils, but also all sorts of other folks so that we make sure that it's equitable because one of the things that's reflected in the, the data that we get, have from the surveys is that we know there are huge pockets of the community that are not yet being engaged, right? So how do we avoid doing that again in this next phase as we go out as subgroups to look for feedback? I think let's hold off on that again. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I just, if we're ready, we can go on to the next, the next part and talk about the subgroups. I just want to give an opportunity for the, the survey some more, if you all, if not, we can go on. Um, okay, Kelsey, you had a question and comment. Is the objective of the conversation right now to determine which areas we can not include in subgroup discussion? Um, we're gonna get to that in a, in a little bit. Um, we, um, it's really the kind of high level questions about the survey, pers your perspectives on what you saw, um, and then the group will, by the end of the evening, need to make a decision on what areas are included, how they're divided up, and who's working in each area. Okay, then I'll wait to give my opinion on that. And, and I will just say, I don't have an answer to that, to that question. So that's you all get to work on that yourself. Okay, any more questions on the survey? Um, we're gonna do public comment later on, um, and then we'll do, um, we'll do, we'll have public comment at the end. Um, Josh, you have a? Thank you, thank you. Um, I love the question that we had earlier because I, I feel like um, there's a lot of people that may not have known about this because of how many we had at the last meeting when we could barely get a quorum. Um, I think that's a really thing. I mean, it's it's very obvious to me. Like I, when I was showing Aaron some of the stuff and like kind of how I was looking at it, she's like, "Oh, this is great. This is cool." And I'm, I'm I'd really like to make sure that everybody gets a chance to really look at it. I mean, and I know that we're going to do that, but in the survey results, um, and I'm new to this and I don't know how it works, but it it was kind of as I was showing her some of the highlights, there are a lot of parts where it just looks things were copied and pasted or like it was almost like word for word the same thing. 
and I don't know much about how they're filled out or, or how surveys go, but is this, like, is, is it a strategy? Is it something that different groups do? Is that something that happens often? You mean Second, in the responses? Correct, in the written responses. Second question is, is this a problem that is Ventura's problem, or is this a thing that goes statewide in the different places that you guys go? Is, are we seeing something different than other places, or is this the kind of results that we get from surveys all, all around, that one per, like 1,000 out of 100,000 people are taking surveys? Those are the two questions. Yeah, okay, so starting, starting with the first one. Um, very um, good observation, I think, when you get in and look at the specifics, you'll see some things that are either identical or very similar. Um, you know, there's, there's, I think, two explanations for that. Um, one is that um, someone got in and actually was figured out how to take the survey multiple times um, and just you know skewed skewed the skewed the results just took the survey and just said the same thing multiple times. Um, the other one, which I think is probably more accurate, is that um, there were um, campaigns in the city to answer the questions a certain way um, and that is something that we see very often. Again, this is, this is an opt-in survey. It's not a statistically valid survey, never claimed to be. So what we see is that there are groups um, in communities, and we see this other places, who say, answer the questions this way. Um, answer answer for in a certain way because you, know, you believe in the same things as us. And so whether that's, we've seen that in places where it's have more density, we've seen it have less density, we've seen it keep the same, so we've seen it all over, but we do see campaigns that are going, and so my, my guess is that it was that. Um, it, was the, it was some sort of campaign that happened um, in, the, in the community. Again, I don't think it's a problem to do that. I don't think it's, it's, a, it's an issue. Um, it is people want to advocate for what they believe in, and, and, that, and that's fine. Um, in terms of, of the numbers, um, you know, a thousand people taking the survey plus the people who took only the sub-area survey and not the, you know, one of the sub-area surveys, so we think the number is higher than a thousand, um, but we don't have that exact number because it's hard to track. Um, it's not a bad number for, um, for a survey like this. The survey was very complicated. If you have a survey that says, do you want affordable housing in the city, yes or no? You're gonna get a huge number more respondents because it's, so, it's such an easy answer. This was not easy, so the fact with the level of complexity of the survey people actually went through, there were very few questions that were left unanswered. Um, so I actually think that the, the number is okay. Um, it's a pretty good number, I mean, it can always be better, but I think that when you get to a certain point in terms of the numbers, you're starting to get a pretty clear picture of the range of comments and the range of opinions. And I think we did get that with the survey. Um, and I think what it means with some of this is that, and we've heard it already, is there's even differences of opinion, as you know, with, with this group of you know, 19 people sitting around the table today of, um, of how things should, should evolve in the city over time. And so I think we saw a reflection of that um, in, the, in the survey itself. Um, and then the other answer is like I would love for three, four, or five thousand people to take the survey. It's it, this report would be this thick, but I, you know, I would love for that, and I think it's great that you all said you wanted to go out and do more, um, more engagement to try and target some of those groups. Okay, um, let's move on. We're, we're just a few minutes behind that, not that far. So this, the next part is really talking about the subgroup orientation. So I want to start out by. What are we trying to do today? And then what are we going to try and do, what we think we're going to try and do in the subgroups? Okay? And we can, we can talk about all of this. I think 
this should be decided today. What the ultimately you do can be, can be different. So um, the, the first is we want to identify what those geographies are for the subgroups, because everyone should not be going out and doing engagement everywhere in the community. Right? So we identify what those subgeographies are. We then divide into um, different subgroups. So every person, so you might have you know, area A and area B and area C together, and then five people say they're gonna work on those areas. Um, we recommend that GPAC members only be in one subgroup, but that's ultimately up to you all about whether people can be in multiple subgroups or not. Um, we want you to meet tonight and get organized and select someone who's gonna be sort of a coordinator to help make sure that you all are meeting and, and that things are going forward. And then we wanna make sure we're all clear on what the subgroup outcomes and process are. So where are we going with this? What are we trying to do? And make sure we're all on the same page with that. And there can certainly be discussion about that. So here's what we would like to ultimately see as the final, kind of the final product through all of this. And I mean through you know, through April, not just the subgroups, but then the subgroups sort of coming back together in April and making a decision. Um, so starting with the subgroups though, we want you all to come up with a proposed land use map or alternatives based on the work that you've done. So what do you think the land use designations should be in the area that, where you are responsible for the geographies? Um, and that should be on, on every parcel. We can help with the technical side of making the maps, but you need to tell us what should be in there. If you think there's questions or there's differences of opinion, you can come up with, with a couple of alternatives. That's okay. Um, we want you to verbalize for each area that you're working on what you think a vision statement is. One to two paragraphs, one to two sentences. Just how would you describe what the future or the intent of the area is? Um, sometimes that's really helpful um, in, in doing that. Um, in, in creating the land use to make sure that the vision and the land use work together. The next is a list of policies, ideas, strategies, things that you've heard that may not be land use, but that you've heard that you think need to be included when thinking about this area. For example, Johnson, when you're talking about the, the Johnson corridor, um, a lot of comments about um, improving access, pedestrian access to the Metrolink station and improving um, access to the trail and making the, um, the 101 interchange better because it's, it's insane right now. Like, oh, again, we heard a lot of those comments, so those are the kind of things we want you to jot down, other things that you've heard that aren't land use. And then a summary of what you've done for the engagement. So where this is going, and I think just so you all give a little context, we expect, it's a little hard to see, we can send this out, but we expect that in the general plan for each of these, each of these areas of discussion um, or other geographies that we identify, we're gonna have a focus section in the plan that has a land use designation map. It has a vision statement, maybe a description of what's there now or what you think should be there in the future, and then a series of goals and policies. So really what we're asking you to do is help us think through this and help us write this part of the plan for the areas that you are gonna be doing a lot more, a lot more digging on. Some are gonna be shorter, some are gonna be longer, um, but that's where we're trying to get to ultimately. We're not asking you to write the goals and the policies and the language that we need. We just want the ideas. We'll take it from there. Okay, and then the process that we have identified. Um, 
Now, I just want to make sure everyone in the, in the agenda, you all got these subgroup instructions. We can go through these. I'm not going to go through everything in detail. Um, if anyone doesn't have them, uh, let us know and we can hand a few out. Um, we have a few extra copies here. Um, so today, identify geographies, organize into subgroups. By January 27th, hold an initial meeting. It can be on Zoom, it can be a conference call, it can be in person, you all can decide. Um, you all said that you wanted to go out and do engagement, and so what does that engagement look like? What do you think should happen? Um, and then we'll then work with you. We want to meet with you if we can in that initial meeting, either um, myself um, or Netta or Lily or Susan, who's not here this evening. One of us will want to meet with you and just be part of that so we can listen in and provide any help or advice we can to you. Um, we'll then give you feedback on that engagement approach, and then there's time to actually go conduct whatever kind of engagement you want to do. So I think it's an open question about what you want to do, what each group wants to do for engagement. Some it might just be talking to friends and neighbors. Some it might be trying to organize like a pop-up. Some you might want to do a focus group. Um, so we want you to go spend February and you know March doing that. Um, and then um, March 21st is our, is, will be the next GPAC meeting. We don't have one scheduled right now for February. Um, and then in March, we want you to begin to summarize and kind of start coming together to share what you've come up with. And it can be an opportunity for the groups to work in this space on, um, on land use and where there's still open questions. Um, by April 7th, we want you to complete the land use direction. And again, throughout this whole process, we will help you with that part of it. We can give you tools. We can create maps for you. And we can create the land uses and the, the, the geographic information system software. And then in April, we have tentatively somewhere between the 10th and the 28th to have a series of meetings where we go through each of the areas. The groups report back on what they came up with, and the group makes a decision and a recommendation about how to move forward. Um, again, there's some kind of balancing that's going to have to happen between the different areas and what's recommended. And then in May through July, it's planning commission and city council to review what you all have come up with and give a preferred direction. Okay. The engagement activities. I think this is one of the, the hardest um, aspects of this. And I think it is, it is an open question about what type of engagement happens. Um, so what we, um, you all said that you want to do more engagement. And you said that you have networks and connections. And you want to go out and meet with folks. So that was how, what we started with as the basic, which is you want to be responsible for organizing. You'd be responsible for organizing, facilitating, and summarizing the activities that take place. Um, and I know that's a lot of work. So we can, we can, you know, we acknowledge that and we can talk through what that means. Um, subgroups, when, if you all meet in a subgroup of four or five, whatever, six of you, you're not subject to the Brown Act, which means the, that meeting does not have to be noticed like these meetings do. However, you may want to make whatever meeting you're going to have um, open to the public and, and let people know about it so people can come and listen and participate if you want. That's okay. Um, but you're not subject. So if a few of you meet and sit and talk, you don't have to worry. You're not, um, you're not subject to the Brown Act. Again, we want this to be open and transparent. Um, give me one second. We'll come back to all of this. So um, then at minimum, we want each of the groups, or we'd love each of the groups to do at least one sort of public event. That can be a listening session, like we had our office hours that we had them in here. You can just say, hey, we're meeting at a certain time. Come on in. You can use City Hall. You can use somewhere else. Um, not all engagement activities would need to be open to the public. If you want to meet with some of your neighbors and talk through this, great. We, that doesn't have to be, um, we, it doesn't have to be open to the public. The subgroup members can do things together. You can do things individually, but it has to be coordinated. 
And then ultimately the role when you go out um, is to listen and ask questions. Again, you're trying to get feedback from the community rather than try and um, tell the community what you think. So it's about not about advocating a position, it's about remaining neutral, asking questions and listening, and taking all of that information in and coming up with a recommendation. You guys, I saw a couple hands. You want me to pause here? Okay. Because we have, what do we have? Okay, yeah, this is a good place to pause. It's a lot. Um, when you said that engagement might be coordinated, what do you mean by that? We just don't want, uh, what we're trying to avoid is like, um, you have, say you have four people in a subgroup that you all are each like organizing your own events, only your own events. You just need to make sure that you all are coordinating with each other about who's doing what so that you're not overlapping things. And then the groups, we want to know if there's bigger events that you want to organize. We want to know what those are so that the events aren't overlapping with each other. So, that, so that's the coordination we want to, we just okay, want to so do. So within the subcommittee, you can coordinate with each other. Yeah, you can, and you, so again, if, you, if you, you're working in your subcommittee, say it's the four of you in a subcommittee, you could say, hey, I really want to do a focus group on X and I'm going to pull people together to talk about this area. As long as they know about it, great. What we don't want is for each of you to pick an area and each do your own focus Focus group about that without knowing that the other one is doing it. Okay. So uh, one other question, though. So say I'm out in the community and um, someone brings up a topic that's pertinent to our discussions here. Um, that wouldn't be coordinated, but maybe I would then compile those comments and share it with the rest of the subcommittee. Is that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to share with each other. Again, ultimately, you want to get to what what we think the group should get to. Um, is working together to come up with a proposed land use map for the area or alternatives. So that's ultimately where you want to get to. Now, some groups may want to, in some areas, you may feel like you need to do a lot of engagement, and some you may feel you need to do less. Um, but ultimately, that's the, that's the target, and the engagement is a means to get to that end to give, so you all feel comfortable that you have the information you need in order to make those decisions. Now, the other thing I'll say is that there is lots of engagement that we've done over the last two plus years that's online. I mean, just volumes of, of summary comments and feedback. So there's a lot of information out there. And just remember that when you're starting this, that we're, we're not starting from scratch. We've been out and talking to people. It doesn't mean we have all the answers. And these can be more targeted questions. Okay, let's just keep going around the room. I just have a question on the arithmetic. There's 19 GPAC members on a good day, and there's 11 subgroups, which, and then you also said that each GPAC member should try and keep it to one subgroup, which gives us 1.7 members per subgroup. So how does that work? Um, I think that what, what we would do is take the, the geographic areas and, and group them together. So someone might, you know, take, there might be a group that deals with, um, with Johnson and the Victoria area. Right, and then there might be one that that's you know East Side and um, College, so it, you, we would we would combine the geographic areas into groups and then people assigned to those. So I would think there would probably be you all can come up with a number maybe four or five different groupings of geographies, and then people you know four or five people assigned to each of those groupings of geographies. And some could be that you only have one geography, like if the downtown, for example. There's a lot of people, you know, four or five people who just want to focus on the downtown. Maybe that's just one alone, and that's okay too. 
That's part of tonight. Quick question. Uh, you said listen and ask questions. It might be helpful to have some sort of general questions to start the discussion with. Because I think if you just say, what do you folks think about you know, future growth in Ventura? That's, just, that's too broad. So is there a way to kind of give some focus to how we would structure those groups? Yes. Um, we can't right now because I think what we want to know, I think what the groups need to think about and we can think about, we, we can help you think about this, um, is um, with each area, I think the first step of what you want to do is meet, look through what you feel like what those questions still are that you need to ask. Like, what's outstanding? And, and you know, like, I'll just give the downtown as the example. Um, you, know, I, I, the, you know, it seemed like from the survey results that the majority of the downtown had pretty clear direction and there were a few areas, right? So you could basically start, you, if you started with that as the premise, you could say, all right, we're only going to really talk about these few areas of the downtown or maybe we'll ask a question overall, right? So you start with what are the questions you want to ask and what you want to get out and then you figure out what that engagement is. The other way to do it is just do broad engagement, which is what do you think should be in this area in the future? So we can help you with all of that, but these, first, these next 10 days to two weeks are really about thinking about what those questions are and then how to engage. Okay, let's keep moving around. Great. Um, so my question is just, I guess, in the interest of transparency for the public, will we be able to post online like what our anticipated engagement strategy yes. is? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So once we know, mm -hmm. see, that's why we want to work with you in the, in the first time. We will um, announce to, you know, on social media, on the, on the project website, through emails, when these events are happening, where they are. We want to make sure people know about them. So we'll do that announcing, but we want you to tell us when they are. And that's why we also want to be coordinated. So we're not like three of the groups are having a meeting in one night. Unless you all want to meet in one night and just like that's a possibility too, where you're like, hey, we want our next GPAC meeting to be, uh, and this came, you know, was one of our ideas. We just take that time for the next GPAC meeting and just have a series of meetings either around City Hall here in different rooms or in different places in the community. It's a possibility too. Okay, great. Uh, just a procedural question. Um, the breakouts or the subgroups that we're going to do today, correct? We are going to, you are going to decide how you want to organize yourselves and then just meet for, you know, five or ten minutes in those groups. Then um, there's a follow-up. Then I think I would recommend you have a follow-up meeting to figure out what engagement you want to do, when you want to do it, what questions you want to ask. So we're self-selecting those groups? You are, you are selecting the groups as a group with some self-selection. <laughs> okay. Splitting hairs. And Essentially, I don't want to, I just, I want to be clear. You, this is, I think, the idea that you all came up with of doing additional engagement and working together on this is great. And, um, but I think I, we don't want to tell you how to, how to organize, what questions to ask. We want you all to think about that. So, um, and if you want our help, ask for our help. But we want you all to, you know, so, take, take a leadership role in this. So right now, um, we're just discussing amongst ourselves as an entire 19 of us at the same time. We're saying, we're picking a team leader, if you will, and then we're working together and we're saying, yes, we do want to have the breakouts. We want to have this many people per group. We want, want these subgroups to meet together. Is that how you're saying we're procedurally trying to say how we'd like to do it? Yeah, procedurally we're going to say how, what geographic areas are put together and then who wants to work in, in each geographic, geograph 
put the geographic areas together, and that would become a subgroup, and then you all would self-select about which subgroup, and then we'd see where that is, and then we might have to come up with different geographies. So I think okay, it's a multi-step process. I'm just going to start it up. Are well, we can we, we're not, we're not there yet. yet? We're, we're not, not there, there yet. yet? Oh, well. But if you want to start it off next no, time. No, it's 7.30, so I wasn't sure if. No, no, we're, we're, we're okay. I make sure we have significant time to do I, that. I know. I, we just, we have a few more slides to do, but. Um, not, even though I'm not chairing, I'm not supposed to be saying what we're That's okay. You can say it. We're, but we'll come back. You can start out when we get to that point I for, for sure want to be in the Montalvo, Victoria. I, I, I think okay. that's, that's all I wanted to say. All right. Questions? Any more? To pass the mic down. Um, I just had a question. Is the city um, able or interested in providing interpretive services? So like for certain neighborhoods where um, we have not engaged as much with the Latino community, um, does the city have access to that? And then also, is there any um, reluctance for us to engage more specifically with student groups? Nope. Uh, so, so the the first question, I don't know, we'll have to talk to, um, to staff. I know that when we had the meetings on the west side, um, there was there were some folks who, who did the simultaneous interpretation. Um, we do have some resources we can do, but we'd have to talk about what that is. Again, what we want to do as staff and the general plan team is support you in this. Again, we can we can print out maps for you. We can help you think about how to structure some of these questions in these workshops. But we want you to all to really take that that leadership role in figuring out what to do and who to talk to. But we want to support you in it. Okay. <laughs> question is, all right, so the outcome uh, after March uh, that you expect from these individual groups, maybe go over that in a minute, and then also um, what would be the next step after that? Because my concern is um, making sure, in order for the, to really maximize uh, the assets, the benefits, the opportunities in our community, we need to look at the community holistically so, for instance, as an example, if we say we only want two stories in this part of town for X reason, X, Y, and Z, um, but we need to provide, we're, we're a finite area, we need to then say what areas can have three stories, right? So that's part of the instructions. Let me get to that in a minute, okay. actually. So I need to yes. understand what the outcome yep. is expected from this group activity <coughs> and what the next steps would be. Okay. okay. Um, yes, yeah, so the outcome that we want, so initially what we want each group to do, so say there's a group that deals with, um, with Johnson and Victoria. I'm just going to use that example, and, and Lori is in that group. Um, so what we want that group to do is come up with proposed, a proposed land use designation map for that area. And that is what that group thinks is the direction that should be for that area, okay? Um, and then that, and then you will then, and then this other sort of what is the vision and any other ideas you come up with. And then that gets presented back to the larger group. We then have to not only look at that area, we then have to look at it across all areas. And the second question, the question you had about Lowering density. Let me get to that one in a minute because we've thought through that one and that's where it gets more interesting. Hi, so I have a question. I have a couple of questions and then I have a comment. And I don't know if this is the time for comments, but um, my first question is throughout this process, when we realized that we were missing certain segments of our demographic pretty significantly here in Ventura, we had had some discussions as a group. And I know a number of us had said, hey, you know, 
we can help with this. And, you know, it, we kept hearing, we'll get to that, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. And I know that you guys did some outreach to specific um, organizations, um, very limited organizations. And when we asked about that, uh, about some other organizations, we were told, oh wait, we'll get to that, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. So is this essentially taking the place of what that outreach was going to be? Um, this is an opportunity for you all to go out and talk to folks who you think have not been engaged in the process thus far. And invite so, them in to have this kind of a discussion. Yeah. But we're leading the discussion. Yes, and we're developing the work plan. Unless you, want us, unless you want us to do it, there's tons of materials that we have. And if you feel like there's something that we should be doing and leading in this um, that's related to land use, then you can bring that up and we can certainly talk yeah, about it. And I guess I, I should start with an apology because I did miss the November meeting. I was sick. I wasn't able to attend. And so I was kind of surprised when I read the materials that as you keep saying, we all decided that this was going to be the, the path forward. And I guess I'm a little concerned about that given the meeting that was back in, I don't recall what month it was, um, at the museum. Um, I just think back on the tone at, that, at mm -hmm. that event, and I would certainly not want any one of us to have to be in an awkward position of having to handle that on our own without support yeah yeah we're, we're ha so first of all we're, we're happy to support second um i don't think when we say engagement we necessarily um mean that you have to go out and do large public workshops um you know and and in fact when we there were even conversations at the november meeting about whether the groups subgroups should meet to talk about land use and just the group comes up with recommendations and then that goes out to the public after that those recommendations that this group comes up with. Um, there was a pretty strong sentiment that the group wanted to go out and do more engagement on their own, um, which is what we responded to. So I, I think if, um, you know, I, I think if there's a feeling that you all don't want to go out, if some of you don't want to go out and do engagement, I think, you know, it's going back a little bit on what we did, but I think we can have that conversation. Um, I just, again, want to make sure we're moving we're, mo we're moving this forward because I think we do have a lot of information about this. We don't have all the answers. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I think um, maybe I wasn't being clear. I don't necessarily think we don't want to go out and do engagement, but I don't think I am the one to go out and do necessarily I, that engagement. I certainly can be a conduit to invite folks within my network to come in and provide that feedback, but I would, my expectation would be that would be facilitated, and it would be facilitated the same in every single group, because that's how we get the consistency in the process, and that's how we get, I mean, you yourself just said that this, the study, the, the survey, was not scientific by any stretch, right? So how do we make sure that we're getting accurate information because this is complicated and you know to, to have that consistency so that the quality of the data that's coming back is quality for every single group yeah um, I, you know I think that's that's an excellent question um, I again I think that there's a path forward that the GPAC can take where you all are the conduit to the community um, and you all are the the eyes and ears of the community so to speak and you all could come up with without doing any more engagement or with just minimal 
kind of engagement that happens, you all could sit down together now and, and do a proposed land use map and come up with additional questions that could go back out to the public with more engagement. So that was a path that we did talk about at the November meeting. Um, and I'm sorry you were sick and, and, and couldn't make it. But you know that was a path that was talked about at that meeting. Um, and again, I, I, I felt like the, the discussion and the consensus of the group um, that was here was that the group itself wanted to do that engagement. So let's, and I don't know if, if someone who was here wants to. I understand. Yeah. And, and I, I just, just to be clear with this, I want to follow what, and that's what we did, and we did it the last time, is I want to follow what, how you all want to move forward with this. I, I really don't want it to feel like I'm trying to push this down your throats. I mean, if, this is a, if there's a different decision tonight, that's fine. I just want us to make sure we're moving forward. And it really was to empower you all, not to, not to trap you and put you in a corner and get you to do things. It was because the group said we wanted to step out and do this ourselves. So that's what we're responding to. So just, just to be clear, like this is, a, this is really about what you all want to do and move forward in the next few months. Um, so one of the challenges, I think, is um, Someone like Stephanie who has the chamber network, right? That doesn't lend itself to a subgroup, right? So, um, and for me, I feel like the, my network within our schools is again, not suited to one subgroup, right? So am I just leveraging my connections for the one group I choose? And is that really then really utilizing the members of this committee to our greatest extent if we're, only, you know, if I choose the neighborhood I live in, then all the other neighborhoods where we could potentially have impact aren't going to have that. Um, I, um, we struggled with that too, about how to do that. And, and I, don't, I really don't have a good answer because, again, if, the, if everyone goes out and does every area, then it's, it's challenging. Um, so, you know, maybe there's a way that, that some people choose to not be in a specific group or to be in a specific group, but then also help with engagement broadly across networks for multiple topics. And I think that's okay too, whether it's tapping into it or helping to lead, helping to organize something. So I think that's an opportunity as well. So it's not trying to constrain, it was just, you know, we ultimately are going to need to think about land use in specific areas, which is why we're proposing this. If you want to basically say, I want to work with all groups on doing engagement across, um, you know, for, for youth across the entire city, I think that's great and I think that, that can happen. Um, I just want to say, I think I got excited about it last time be, because I knew that Montavo and the East Side didn't really have a lot of engagement and didn't have a lot of opportunity to get more people. Um, to finish the responses on the survey. I think my only question is, even if I was to go out and say, reach out to, I don't know, a group of 20 people um, on the east side or Montalvo or Victoria, and I got some of their ideas, um, and I brought that back to the group or this group, how does that get captured? Because before we had the survey, and so the survey was captured with the respondents, and then it's, you know, added to the, the rest of the questions and it kind of is a part of a, so if I bring, if I was to get that, how to, that, that's the first part of the question, how does that actually get? You, you would have to bring it back to the group and we'd ask for some 
summary of what you came up with. And again, my understanding of, just, just to be clear, my understanding of wanting to go out to talk to the community is to um, provide another piece of information and data for you all to make a recommendation about land use. Okay, so it's, it's, the information is for you to do that. Then you could report back, I met with these people, you know, and there was, seemed to be overwhelming decision for X. And then you, you would say that. Now, if you met with 20 people, you know, I, you know, I think that's helpful for input. But again, you have to weigh that with everything else that we've heard so far. Right, and so my observation from the last meeting in November to this meeting, I just wanted to say, I, from what I recall, it was uh, everybody had a lot of questions about where, what direction the vision or the document was going or, or the, respon the responses from the survey and what it all really me meant. And if, if, we, if you as the consultants were following what was directly from the respondents or were, did it match what you were saying was a summary versus what the responses were in the actual book and all that. And so there were reservations about it. And my understanding or re recollection is you offered, somebody made the suggestion that they be allowed to go into their respective communities and <clears throat> bring back more of those ideas from those people that supported maybe some of their ideas, but also had additional stuff to add to it that maybe got missed. Um, and that it doesn't necessarily have to be from where our professional backgrounds are, but it could just be our neighborhood. Or like for me, I would just go probably to the community councils and, and some of the uh, people that I know from certain groups. I, but having said that and hearing what was said today, I'm, I'm totally fine going either way, however we decide if we want the consultants to host a meeting. The only issue with that is that I don't know how much that, more that will cost for your time. And if it's a room with three people in it and one group and one has two and one has 20 and I don't know how that gets, uh, how that's consistent or uh, the best use of all the resources. But uh, I'll leave that up t to the group. Um, and then the last thing was just the, the, the meetings themselves. I just, um, well, I'll leave it there. But yeah, that was my recollection. Okay. Um, Luis. I'm not going to say it as eloquently as Stephanie did, but um, I also missed the November meeting, but I did go back and I did watch it. And not only did I watch it, I sat down and I spoke with a few people who were at the November meeting. And it seemed to me that uh, when this work plan came out, there were a lot of hoops that were jumped over. Um, the December 9th letter indicates that all of this was still very much up for discussion when the larger GPAC could talk about it. So it was a little shocking to get this, here's your assignment, you're going to be making a work product, you're going to be doing this, you're going to be hosting a public meeting, etc. Um, you know, another thing that was brought up in the November meetings is that, you know, some of the outreach should not just be, this shouldn't just be a focus geographically. You, there, we're, we need to know what businesses are looking for. 
for land use alternatives because each of these zoning changes impacts their businesses. Without the businesses, we have no jobs. And without the businesses, we don't have people for the housing and we can't build the housing. So, so you, there's, there's a gap. There, there's been no outreach to the agricultural industry, no outreach to other industries. Um, and as Stephanie said, we've, we've brought this up um, if, as feedback at various steps along the way, and the response has been that, you know, we'll get to that. Um, so, so it was a little shocking to see that from the December 9th letter, where it still talked about possibly meeting with non-geographic interests or it, looking at it non-geographically to suddenly everything was geographic. So it seems like there's been some decisions made beyond the November meeting and this meeting. And I, I just wanna go back to and point out that um, you know when the city created the GPAC, uh, the GPAC had an identified role, and part of that role was to review and provide comments on work products, not to develop work products. And I'm just going to say the elephant in the room, which, you know, I have some experience with general plans. This is a heavy, heavy lift. and. All of us hold other jobs. We're involved in the community. I know for myself, many of those deadlines are unrealistic. I, between travel and work, I am simply not available by January 27th. Um, and then I also want to point out, you know, I know that you assured Stephanie, you know, well, if you're not comfortable with holding a large-scale public workshop, you certainly don't have to. But in bold, the third bullet there is that we need to hold one, pub, one meeting that's open to the public, which means we have no control over how large it may be. Because for it to be a public meeting, there's notification, noticing requirements. There's certain requirements for a meeting that involves government issues to be considered a public meeting. So it could end up being a very large workshop that a small subgroup, a GPAC, you know, is not fit to handle, that we don't have the skills to manage and handle. We don't have the ability to record public comment or to even ensure that the, the, meet, the public meeting is conducted in the manner that it's supposed to. So I actually would like to propose that, you know, everyone here has, you know, as Lori said, you've got your network of neighbors. Um, Stephanie's got her network of businesses. I can do a lot of outreach to the agricultural community. Um, I'm sure everyone else here can bring in other, other interests and the like. Rather than subgroups um, where it, it's, it, it's, I would like to propose that we have a series of these regular GPAC meetings, and maybe if we have to add a few more between now and April, but where one meeting, we talk about one specific geographic area, and the outreach to bring in folks is focused on that. 
then you, as the professionals, run the meeting, you gather the information, and you can make the maps and the like, rather than shuffling this off onto folks who, I mean, that's a bigger commitment, I think, than most of us signed up for. And I'm not sure it's actually appropriate for this committee. Okay, thank you for the comments. Um, I will say that my recommendation at the last meeting, and I talked in some groups about this, was doing pretty much exactly what you said of just systematically going through. The, the GPAC wanted to do something a little different. I'm okay, again, I'm, I'm trying to respond to what you all want, and the direction last time was not to do it that way. So if, if, the, um, if the group wants to change it and do it that way, I'm, I'm fine with it. It, it doesn't, what we want is to make it so that you all are, are doing what you, um, what you all think is the right thing. I, I think there is a lot of information to get pretty far on a proposed land use alternative with everything we've heard so far. I think there's also some additional questions that, that need to be asked of the community and potentially some additional outreach. Um, so I, I'm, again, I'm leaving it sort of up to you all on, on how to, how to think about this and moving forward, and I'm, I'm game with whatever the group comes up with. Um, and again, I'm, I was responding, and I know I sound defensive, I was responding to what the group said last time about the group wanting to actually get together and, and come up with these maps and, and give ideas and get really hands-on. So if people don't want to do that, that's okay, and we can, we can really help with that. We can work on it. I just, I was responding to what, so... No, and, and I appreciate that. I, I don't mean to be accusatory or anything like that. I, I just think that um, working on it in the larger group also allows for the public to continue to see what we're working on. It preserves public transparency at every step along the way, and I believe that's critical to one of Nick's comments that you know, if there is already a feeling of um, inability to trust the GPAC, then even if we're following the letter of the law for the Brown Act, perhaps we need to be more focused on the spirit of the law for the Brown Act and continue to have everything as transparent as possible. That's fine with me. Can I jump in here? Uh, just. Uh you know, in the last GPAC meeting, and as we talked about earlier in, in the slides, there was a, um, a lot of information that there are certain demographics or segments of the community we're not reaching. And though we've held public workshops, we've gone to community councils, we've popped up, um, I think this team has tried to engage as much as possible. We are still not reaching certain groups, right? Um, I pose this question to think is if we just hold another series of meetings like we have been doing, are we going to reach those same groups? Or do we need to adjust a strategy here that may not be public, right? So um, we can hold a public meeting, but students may not be coming to that. You know, we haven't seen it. That is going to require us to go where, where they're at, which is going to be a little pivot and change. Uh, we've done that. We've gone, popped up on the college. We've gone and popped up at Farmer's Market. We've gone and popped up on the West Side. We've, we've gone to some chamber events, right? And so we have reached 
the resources we have. What we're really looking for from this group is you have other connections and resources. Can we tap into that to reach people we haven't? Um, my fear is if we just do some of the same things we have, we're just going to see some of the same participants. Can we do things differently, which was what the whole philosophy behind, can we turn some of this over to you and your networks? And uh, I was having coffee the other day with a member of the public, and we are sitting on the sidewalk, and 20 people walked by, and she said hi to all of them, right? I'm, and sobbed and talked, right? There are connections you all have that we don't have, and I think we've pretty much tapped into what we have. Can we utilize some of that? And if so, the ideas from November were this may be a strategy. If there's another strategy, please share with us. If it's not sub-area focused, what is it? How can we empower you or empower this group to tap into resources we have not already been able to do so? And, and that's why I propose, you know, a, maybe in February, we discuss Westside and Arundel. And then within each of our networks, we bring the, the people that we know or are associated with. And that's just a proposal. And actually, I'm going to pass this down because I'm hogging it. I think the biggest thing that we're hearing is everybody wants this to be as open as possible uh, process. So I think that's the clear direction from here. So I think kind of going on what Luis was just saying, I think what we could do potentially is let's move these meetings to the west side. So if we're gonna talk about the west side, let's have this meeting on the west side. You know, if we're gonna, on the east side, let's, you know, and I know Sabrina is still here, you know, maybe we can get into some of the schools so that we're having that meeting, you know. And again, at the end of the day, people have to show up. I mean, we can do everything we can to advertise it, but I think if we make the effort to notice it, make it public, and take it to them, I think we're, you know, I think that's a lot of what we can do um, on it. So that would be my proposal is like, you know, maybe we do, you know, downtown, we have the meeting at the museum. If we have the, the west side, we're at West Park, uh, you know, or one of the churches. If we're on the east side, you know, we're either at one of the churches or one of the schools um, on it. You know, maybe if we're talking about Johnson, we're meeting at Sky High and we're all jumping around for a little bit. Something like that, yeah, so. I guess my question is what changes now from what we've done over the last ten, two years? Because in, in my opinion, there has been a really concerted outreach effort. And I believe we have all been apprised of those efforts. And I've personally been telling my network about it. I would assume we've all been doing that. So I guess my, I'm not overly keen on this model either, but I, it is a direct response to what was asked at the November meeting. So I understand how we got to here, but what changes from what we've done in the last two years to moving forward? Because I feel like we're two years into this process with almost nothing to show for it, except a lot of data. We actually do have a lot of data from all, the, all of this community outreach, and we seem to be kind of willing to throw it in the trash because we think we're gonna get this better data, and I just, I'm like genuinely curious at this point, what, what changes moving forward from here? That's a question I just, to I the just, GPAC as you well. You know, I want to say there's, there's sort of a hybrid of this, and maybe let me throw out this hybrid, um, which is that 
before there's additional engagement, this group goes through the results, has a sort of a working meeting to go through, and we, we started framing some of this today, which is where do we feel like there's some comfort level of there's some clarity about what the direction is and where do we feel like we need to ask more questions? And then when we're asking those questions, who do we feel like we need to engage in that process that hasn't been engaged so far, right? So instead of just starting and, and going this, and again, thank you for saying it was a direct reaction, it was, um, you know, we start, the group actually meets together and, and figures out those questions you know, maybe the next February is like a working meeting where you're doing that, and then we can do much more targeted outreach, whether it's geographically or broadly, based on that. Um, so that's a sort of maybe a hybrid of what um, of what Louise was saying and what we came up with last time. So we're not, you know, throwing out what we talked about before. We're just cr coming up with an interim step to focus what that is. Just to throw that out there, um, Matt. Um, I had a, a few things because at the beginning of the meeting, and I hope I didn't prime this for everybody, so I apologize. Um, when I when I saw the six-page instructions that we all received in the email, I, I, I almost lost it because I already have a full-time job that I'm underpaid for, and so I I was really kind of nervous when I saw the whole thing, and I said, "Oh, that's a that's a full-time job, and I'm not qualified to do that job. Like I I don't know enough. I, I lean on so many of the expertise in this room." in these meetings just to, to keep up and, and to move forward. But to hold an open meeting for the public also, like I've, I've seen what Stephanie's talked about. I've seen some of the things where, where people have said something and that, that scares me to death. I don't like confrontation very much. I'm nervous right now. Um, but I would say that um, some of these are out of the scope of what I agreed to at the beginning of GPAC. Like when I looked at the, the very first thing, I thought this is what we're doing is we meet on this, we talk to our constituents, we come back and, and that's what we do. And then finally, um, we keep saying we all agreed to, and I remember like being in our group, and I remember coming up with a wish list of what we wish we could have, and we were being told we had like a month, and we were like, no, we don't. We're going to do three to four months, or we would like a little bit more time, because this is, you know, this is a bad boy. This thing is, and it's really dense, and it's really, I mean, it's hard to get through um, without Audible, and, and I'm, 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 I'm enjoying it, and I'm learning a lot, but at the same time, we just wanted to slow it down so that we could like really look at what we really are, are talking about. And I think that at the end of the, of the meeting, I didn't think I was agreeing to anything. I was saying we, we could do this versus should. And I don't think that we recommended anything except, hey, here's what we think we could do. And I remember there was a moment where I said, um, I think there was a question of, what, well, what should we do? And I said, I kind of looked back at you guys and I was like, yeah, what should we do? Because I think that we need you guys to direct us on this. I don't think we should be leading the discussion. But that's, that was all the stuff that I'd written down is just really, I mean, and then the last point, it's kind of impossible for people in this group to remain neutral. I mean, we've proved it. Um, I mean, all, like it's, it's impossible for any human to, I mean, we, I've seen the rumors around town and the, and the Instagram posts and the things like there, there's stuff in this room that is like impossible to remove from, from all of us as humans. So. I don't know that I could actually fulfill these agreements in like any way that would be appropriate. So those were kind of my, my feelings just from the beginning, and I, I apologize. Um, I just want to say thank you, though, because we do appreciate the work, and we just want to make sure that we're doing it the right way, and, and I don't think uh, any of us have done this for many cities um, like you guys have. So thank you for listening to the concerns. I'm on board for doing, again, I'm on board for supporting and doing this however you want, and if you want us to do more, like you said, with the survey, we can do that. We I just we wanted to 
from that last meeting. I know, I'm sorry I'm sounding defensive. We really want to empower you to go out and do this and make some of these decisions. And we can make them in GPAC meetings. We can come up with what we think we heard and what that proposed map is and how it balances out. We can do all of that. What we heard, again, is that, that you all wanted to do more of that. So again, we can shift. It's OK. We do just need a, I just want us to come up with something today about how we're, what those next steps are. And I don't blame you for looking at this and panicking. Um, I panicked when I wrote it, knowing that you guys were going to panic when you read it. So it's a lot. Again, I was, I was trying to respond that this is, this is what it takes to do this. And it's a lot. So I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that, because we were in the same group. And I definitely, my recollection, recollection was that we talked a lot about the timing of these things, that we wanted to have these more in-depth conversations, but that there, if we are stuck with the April deadline, that's very difficult to do. And so um, I guess my question is, how much flexibility do we have on that timeline to be able to allow more conversations? I think. Um, listening to the ideas, I would love to see us have those targeted conversations as a group and from that generate questions that then we go back out to networks and ask specifically, here are some questions about the west side, here are some specific questions about Midtown that you know, we can send out to business owners, that we can send out to the agricultural community, that we can send out to students and, and, and ask very specific questions because the big questionnaire we know was a lot for people to fill out, right? So maybe if we have very specific questions, we can get a little more engagement from specific segments of the community. If I could just throw out an idea is that um, um, I do think that this is a big lift. I do think that uh, coming to uh, looking at uh, what it is we want to see our community look like 30 years from now. Okay, what are those issues with um, prosperity? Do we have the jobs and the, the types of jobs that would support people living here? Do we have uh, young people willing to stay here and continue spreading their roots and be part of this community that's part of sustainability? Do we have the nodes that we need to have a true effective mass transit? Do we have the stores, the businesses that support the quality of life that we want? Uh, do we look at looking at the trends? We know the trends. We know that things like um, uh, we're one of California's original cities, yet uh, I believe it's a majority of the people who live here commute outside the city for work, even though we're a job-rich city. So looking at those facts, looking at that information, and saying, how do we create a better future? And then, and then we look at uh, land use and say, how can land use complement that future? You know, and I think we have 80% of what we need to do that as a group. And for a lot of reasons that Louise and others have stated, I think doing it together here is um, probably the most appropriate way to do it. Um, I believe there's not just geographic issues, but demographic issues, especially when it comes to age. Because that is a big issue since the younger people are the ones that are moving away from here. And so with that said, I think we take a lot of the good information that's come out of this group for the last two years. We look at those things that we want to correct or change for the future of Ventura. And then we look at land use, how land use decisions as a group can support that outcome from 20 or 30 years from now. 
Okay, that's just my input on what I see as we move forward. Just, it's very complex. Just, just to clarify, it sounds like what you're saying is that we work, we this group works together to come up with sort of feedback direction, and then where there's additional questions, you go out and ask those questions. Okay. Or, along those lines, I think you know it's very clear that there's a couple of segments of our demographic that is underrepresented in, in feedback. And so I think if we look at that, and why is that? They're probably not going to participate if we invite them into a group like this. But if we go to them and we tailor a presentation that is for them, I think we have a much higher um, propensity that they will engage. And so I think what I'd like to see is for our group to identify what those areas are in the community that we feel have been underrepresented in their feedback, and then develop a strategy to get that feedback from those individuals. And to Sabrina's point, if we're looking for youth between the ages of 17 and 19 to give us feedback, Having a meeting at 6 to 8.30 is not, at City Hall is not how we're going to get that feedback. So I think that we need to be aware of that. That's not to say, and I, and I don't think that that kind of feedback can be sought effectively in small groups because it is citywide. So it's, it's not just looking at one individual area, it's looking at that demographic to get their feedback on what they would like to see their city look like in 30 years. It's, it's a different series of questions asked broadly than for a specific area. Yep. Okay. Um, Daniel. Should be on. Oh, it's on. Well, um, I just want to put in my two cents. And I agree with Louise, and I agree with you. When I read this, I was completely overwhelmed. I know a lot of work went into it, so I apologize. But it just seems like a lot to do. Hi. Everybody take a deep breath. Um, I like the direction we're going here. Um, I think we may have given you a misimpression on what we were thinking in November. My recollection was there were groups that were not, they were undercounted, if you will and we had hoped that there was a way to bring them back in. I think there's an, an incredible amount of data here, and I'd like to suggest we crunch it together, because if we do it separately, then you're gonna have outcomes that are, they don't, the puzzle doesn't fit together well. Um, I think we've got 85% of what we need to have adult conversations about these things and, and make determinations as a group. And maybe we can do a little more outreach when I say we, not necessarily us, mm. we, um, and bring that in to feel like we've done the very, very best job we can to, to get all the feedback we can. But let's remember, the answers are not out there. The answers are right around this table. We have the depth of knowledge and understanding and continuum to put together whatever work product our responsibility is to do so. And that's what I think we should do. Okay. Anyone? Okay. Pete? What? Thanks. 
Um, I've been straining my brain trying to remember exactly what we did. Um, and parts of what I remember is about meeting like four days in a row and breaking into small groups and, and or focusing on one area of the of the survey for half an hour and maybe do four areas a night, four nights in a row to cover everything. Um, my feeling was that we were going to go out as individuals to meet with members or people that we know or groups that we know. Um, being a member of the West Side Community Council, I've got numerous groups I can get a hold of on the West Side. I could do that individually. I could Somebody could join me if they like. Staff could be there and do a presentation, but we could set up meetings like that. Um, that's, that's my recollection of what we discussed in November. And it's actually not, honestly, that's not too different, which is that all, the only thing we added was if you're going out and doing it as a, you know, as a group, at least one of those times you should have something that's open to the public, not necessarily a public workshop. But yeah, that's, that's exactly right, which is that you have time, you, you can break into groups, talk about geographic areas in your group, and then as you're doing that, you can talk to people individually in small groups to help give you input that maybe you didn't come up with or that we didn't come up with in the survey to test ideas. So, which is, which is fine, and, and I think that can still happen in the way that you just described it. What I'm hearing tonight is, um, and all of this is good, um, is that you'd rather work for the next X period of time, and we can talk about that, um, in groups, hashing through some of this data, figuring out what you seem like, what, what it feels like there's some direction on, where it feels like there's not direction, where you all can come up with something. And then if there are outstanding um, questions, those can go out to the public in those outstanding questions. And maybe the whole thing goes out to the public at the end in some sort of survey. And that as we're doing that, there's maybe some broader outreach that happens to constituents, but they're not asked questions necessarily about do you want land use designation, you know, X or Y in this area? It's much more, the, those conversation are much more broad, a vision of what you want your city to look like because it's very difficult for people who have not been engaged to engage in those specific questions and conversations. So, um, so I'm hearing like tonight, that's the, that's the direction you all want to go. Am I, am I understanding that? Can I? Sure. I, I didn't, it wasn't quite a real proposal. I can come up with like, you know, council a, a motion, um, but it's really that you all, we come up with, and it's maybe more focused times, and maybe it's on a more regular basis than once a month so we can get through this, um, and that you all work through this, work through land uses. You can each also come up with, you each focus on a specific group of areas, and, and you're like the expert in those areas because this document is so big, that and, was my question. And so, yes, you, you could do that, too. And, and that's one thing that we could do tonight, which is, okay, you know, uh, Lori and Steph are working on Johnson and Victoria. I'm picking <laughs> on you, too, right? And, and, you know, maybe one other person, and everyone can read it, but you all come back and say, here's what I read in this information. Um, and then we can get through that. There can be a proposal, and then there can be other ideas and other questions, and then those can go out to the public. Is it, so just, and I, uh, give, Kelsey, I see your hand, so give me one second. Um, it, it, did I hear that correctly? Is there any objection to that for right now? Please say yes if there is, and if not, I just, I, you know, again, I want us to, to move forward here with this and come up with a good direction. Um. I just wanted to say one of the things I kind of liked about the 
end result of the idea, whether, uh, you know, regardless of how you get there, was us coming up with specific land use designations for kind of those big topic locations that were contentious or we all have really strong opinions on and getting those down on paper so that that is taken into consideration. So just wanted to put that out there. Kelsey, I agree. I actually think this group, a goal of this group for the next whatever two, three months um, is to come up with as close as you can to a consensus and I'm putting consensus in quotes because 100% consensus is tough, but you know, a, a direction where you all kind of generally agree, like th this can work, right? And you all are doing that at, in very specifics with, with creating a land use map. Rather than broad ideas, it's, we, we need to get down into that specific level of what are the designations here? And what are we, you know, how, are, how is this gonna work overall? for the city as a future land use map. So yes, I think we should do that. I think the group should commit to doing that. I don't think you have to go off and do it yourselves. We can do that with you. You can give the ideas. We'll say, here's what we heard. Is this right? And you all can do that, but at a very specific parcel level. Is that what, Kelsey, what you want to do? Okay, good. Any, any objection to that as the end product? I promise you don't, have to, don't all have to learn GIS. Can that consensus be through like literal voting? Like, th like, 19, sure. you know, we're talking about an area, boom, 10, 15 seconds, GPAC has to vote, we move forward, next, 15 seconds, GPAC. And that, yeah. like, because, I mean, what do you mean by consensus? Like, how we, we can, it's like, 815, girl. Um, right. and, so and we like, haven't even figured out the process. You know what I mean? Process. Like, we gotta, you <laughs> yeah. know, we, we can wrap do, it up. So we can, we can do straw polls. It's going to be tough. We can do straw yeah, polls. Yeah, for sure. And, and but yes, we okay. can we can do that. We can either do it um, you know electronically on Mentimeter on your yeah, phones, yeah, yeah. Um, or we can do it like just raising hands and count. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, you got? Are you guys? Do you guys want to do hands and everyone can see where you're voting, or do you guys want to I do? I mean, like... I think yeah. <laughs> okay. I yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out with that. But yeah, I think we should do, the, I think we should do that to understand direction. Um, okay. What? So, um, yes, good, great. Um, any, <laughs> this, is, this is all, this is fine. This is, and I, yeah, do, Aaron, what? I don't know. Uh, so I so let me just say I'm not surprised. I figured you guys would come to this at some point today or after, for for this because it's a heavy lift. So um, this is this is good. Um, any anything else? I think we'll write this up. We'll send it out. Um, actually, I have a quick question for the group. So I think we should do our next meeting, I guess, in February. Um, and then, do you all want to? try and find a regular cadence that's, that's more frequent than a month so we can get through this? And if so, what is that cadence? And, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna shush and let someone else answer this. It really is up, it's up to you all how you wanna do this. Okay. So I'm hearing twice a month. Partners, partners are not invited. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do valen Valentine cards like elementary school. 
Um, okay, great. So we'll, we'll send out a schedule of meetings. We'll do some doodle polls about availability, making sure people can go. And then, um, oh, quick question um, before. Do you want to divide up to, so that there's a few people for each geographic area who are the ones who are digging into the details? Or do you want to just have it so that um, anyone can do any area? So, okay, show of hands, anyone for any area? Okay, so, so we, okay, and then who wants to basically divide up so that there's geographic experts? Okay, so I think, sure. Yes. Area. Yes. And then we all come together and drill down on sure. those results together. Okay. Yes. And you know, and then if we come out of that discussion ha needing more data, then perhaps the people who feel that they are more um, tapped into those areas could then okay. reach out. I don't know. Okay. 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 Aaron. Aaron has a motion on the table. <laughs> all in favor, say aye. Any opposed? Great. Decision made. Thank you. And, and can I just add, there are five Tuesdays in January if we wanted to meet on the 31st. Ooh. Okay. Um, why don't we get back? Can I with, veto that? Let's, let's get back with some dates for this, okay? All right. We're good? Okay, silent yeses. All right, why don't we go to public comment? We could. I, I, I think so. There were 12 people at the last meeting. A lot of people were missing, so I'm not, I'm not surprised we're, we're taking a little bit of a turn. Um, what we will do in, within a week, we will send out the results of what we came up with and then a schedule for, um, for when we think meetings could happen or at least the topics, the flow of topics. Sound good? And we can do a doodle poll as well for dates. We. We send summary notes out.
Yeah, that's a, a great point. We do take notes and do a summary of each meeting that's attached to the next agenda for the next GPAC meeting. So um, please look at those summaries. If there's anything you don't agree with, please bring it up at the meeting. But they're attached to, like last, week, last meeting's summary notes were attached to this agenda. And then they get posted online. So there's a summary of each of the GPAC meetings. If we can go to public comment. Okay, if we, um, we'll go through public comment. We have uh, about seven. Um, we'll do three minutes, but if you could be concise, that would be appreciated since we are sh short on time. Um, first public comment is Amy Sherry, and then followed by uh, Wendell. Hi guys, good to see you all again. Happy New Year. Um, first, to make it different than the, all the other meetings, I'm thinking um, banners, banners across streets, banners at you know by schools, at the college, you know like. Winterfest, but it says general plan, you know, get involved or something. Um, just having everything online, there's a lot of people that go to work, drive home, get to get home, make dinner, pick up the kids from school, and, you know, they don't really get involved. That's just one, one idea. Um, and then maybe for the subgroups, have a few common questions that each, each, each has to be answered for each thing, you know, like, Hypothetically, just tell each group, you're getting 15 residential units and 50,000 square feet of commercial retail space. Where, where would you like to see it? And just ask that over and over. And then, you know, maybe everyone knows that one part of town that they don't really think works in their neighborhood. So maybe you'd start to, to see a clearer idea of, even if they were not really going to get 1,500 units, but like force it. That's kind of it. That's it. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Wendell, and then followed by Christy Weir. Thank you. Um, I, I will try to keep it short and sweet here. The, you know, I, I think there's a lot of considerations for land use um, alternatives, and uh, in, with term, in terms of density, one of the things that I think you have to continue to focus on through this process is how are you going to move people around? I know that there's a lot of interest in walking and biking, but in reality, people are going to continue to drive their cars. What do we do to, uh, to uh, engage with Caltrans uh, to, to get uh, better use out of our freeway? How do we, can we uh, uh, modify streets to one-way uh, traffic flows in order for better efficiency? Of, uh, uh, of the, the infrastructure that we have um, <clears throat> and um, more sophisticated and adopt some sort of uh, more sophisticated traffic control methods uh, to be able to move people through town more efficiently to get, uh, to get the traffic focused where it needs to be and allow more of the, uh, the, the other streets to be used for walking and biking, et cetera. And also, I think it's very important that we focus 
on commerce and, and, and encouraging business use in uh, and around the city. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next we have Kirsty Weir followed by George Amadola. Thank you. Um, I was at the November meeting and I think I recall that one of the ideas which I was excited about was the um, GPAC meetings in other locations, getting, getting these out of City Hall and into the community. And I, I think I heard you say that again tonight. I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not sure what, the, you know, what the whole plan is going forward, but I would suggest that one way to get to the community is go to the community. And um, there has been a lot of outreach, but part of it, a lot of it was online. And so you, you build consensus and you build community, you build community by being with your community. And so, um, and when that happens, you know, you take a meeting to the west side, you take a meeting to the east side, you take a meeting to Montalvo, and you all, you are all there together, and then the community comes, and it can be more of a um, community-focused meeting in collaboration with GPAC. And I would suggest that the, the planning lingo is, is tricky for the public. And I think one of the problems at the museum where there was a lot of animosity and frustration. Um, I think people had just no idea what, any, what, what anybody was talking about. And then their frustration level went up because they just, it was a foreign language. And, and uh, as we move forward, we want the public in the end to embrace this plan. I mean, the whole goal, if we worked really hard for, I don't know, four years on the 2005 general plan, was to have the public buy in and love it. So by the end, it was fights, fights, fights. You know, it was, it was, there was a lot of conflict, um, but there was a lot of public involvement. And at the end, um, the majority of the public embraced that plan. They're like, yes, this is what we want for Ventura. So I, I hope you can get there, and I'm not sure how you're gonna get there, um, but it does have to involve the public, because it is the public's, it's those 106,000 people that are gonna live with this, and um, they, they, they wanna be part of it. So, good luck with that. I think tonight's meeting was great. Thank you. Uh, next we have George, and then followed by Mary Ann. Hi, good evening everyone. Nice to see you and Happy New Year. Heard a lot of great comments from the group. I realize that this is not an easy task, and the volunteerism is tremendous. And I think you guys are pretty close to getting this right. And I think that Matt Ramey can lead you through it and help you build that consensus. But I, I also think that you really need a reliable data source in that voluminous book. I don't see that the opt-in is reliable. I made a lot of comments during this about this in November. I echo what Stephanie uh, said a little bit ago and a lot of what you all have said. If Scott McCarty here was here this evening, he'd have a lot of things to say about the data set. Um, I really think you need a quota-based uh, data set, and I think it really needs to be um, quota based on the council districts to be reliable and, and help guide this process. It's a very challenging process, consensus building, and, and I want you to know that um, your work is appreciated. It's not going unnoticed. People care in this community. People are very passionate. So I would like to see a motion to, to get a more reliable data set, and I think that would solve a lot of problems. Thank you, good night. 
Thank you, Marianne, and then followed by Spencer Noren. Hi, everybody. I'm Marianne Bevener, and I own and live in a single-story home in Midtown, south of Thompson, um, on the street where we have a lot of churches on every corner. So I just wanted to point out for the Midtown, the survey results said that 62.5% were saying that they did not want an increase in any of the zoned heights, and another 13.04% allowed didn't want to allow an increase. They would allow it only on the north side. So 76% said no increase in height on the south side of Thompson. So I want to talk a little about outreach and engagement and why I'm bringing this up now is that because of the beginning of October, I hand-delivered 600 flyers in my neighborhood requesting neighbors to take the survey. And I mailed out another 125 to owners that were not living on their property. I could have mailed out more. Um, it was kind of fun, kind of spooky, because it was right by Halloween decorations. So that was kind of fun. Um, and I talked to a lot of different people. I did tell people in my flyer that um, with the state law for density bonus, the height could go up one to two stories above what was listed in the survey. But I just want every, everyone to know that this was done and that renters, at least in this one area, renters and owners were notified. And I think... What Matt said, or in his slide, said the support, Midtown does support growth with the current use of mixed use, mixed use and that we could keep the, uh, maintain the current zoning. And the final thing is I'd like that if you do, you do your subgroups or any kind of outreach that you do, you do track if there are people that responded before or if there were new responses. Thank you. And then last we have uh, Spencer. Good evening, Ventura. GPAC, how you doing? Appreciate your service. Residents. Um, I just want to come talk about the expected numbers. What I've heard tonight is that we had a thousand residents fill out a survey. What was the expected number for our residents to then validate this process? Was it 2,500, 5,000, 10,000? Because what I'm kind of hearing is, is that we did the best outreach possible, but we don't like what was given in the results, right? Because there's a thousand people there. Why don't we respect those thousand people? I'm kind of feeling like the public was disrespected. And then there was comments by Mr. Ramey where said the public was overloading the system or the public was maybe having some ill intent of putting some opinion forward. Again, I find it to be disrespectful to the public. Why didn't we have a better process in place to validate these opinions? Maybe IP addresses, email addresses, other ways that this survey could have been taken seriously by our residents. So when those thousand opinions came in, they were validated and there was enough consensus for this GPAC to move forward. Um, I just think that you could reach out to more groups. Um, I know a lot of groups, different names. I'm currently the PTO president of Cabrillo Middle School. If you want to host a meeting at Cabrillo Middle School, I move that forward. But I just really wanted to just step up and say that right now. I think we have a consensus. I think it's a thousand people. And if we hired a group to do that for a lot of money, maybe we need to think about hiring someone else to help. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all our public comments. Okay. Um, so I think we have our, our marching orders um, here. Thank you all for the, the public comments. Um, so I think we have our marching orders here. We'll get back to you 
with um, a, one or at least two proposed processes, um, and then a doodle pool, poll, it's getting late, um, uh, it's uh, uh, on some dates um, for the next meetings in the series of meetings so we can get those on the calendars um, and then figure out actually how those meetings flow, whether we start high level across and then dig down or whether we just dig right into the details. Um, so we can do um, we can do some of that. Um, if any GPAC members um, did not, that were not here, did not get a copy, uh, Steph, um, then um, why don't you hang out? You, I think you have, Netta has them. So if you didn't get that, we'll get that to you um, this evening. Um, and then I, I want to thank everyone. I mean, this I know it's sort of a tough process to figure this out, but um, I think that we made progress um, on this. And I think at the end of this, what I said at the beginning was we have to know our next steps about what we're doing and our process forward. And even though it's different than what I thought we heard at the last time and what was presented, we have a process moving forward. And so I think that's great. Um, and so with that, um, Happy New Year, everyone, and, and good night. We'll see you soon.